Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. Can I say that you guys have a great chemistry on the air? Thank I'm not even kidding. I listen, I listen. I listen. What? No, we're about breaking the rules here. <laughs> this is the guest. I won't say who I am yet because we'll let them guess. Yeah. Uh, it's not Meryl Streep. <laughs> I'm just all right. I'll, I'll let you go. No, 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 no. I listen no. once. No, I'll, I'll, okay, you te- you're like a like a Nazi over here. Fine. I, I'm ve- I'm, I thought I, you guys were very entertaining when I listened. Did you really? Absolutely. He I doesn't. And I, I realized it was Ron and Fez. I didn't think you listened. I, I you swear to God. I listened. up his ass. It was funny. Like, you guys were... It yeah. was funny. All right. Go ahead. I like it. Well, if, if you don't know... Okay, anybody who's listened to our show for the past... How long have we done Two the show? Two years. Two years and change. <laughs> yeah. I think it was episode... Two, which was got erased. Yeah. But I said, <laughs> if I could have any guest on this show, it would be one person. And who is that person? That person was Artie Lang. And we are Think right about now. going for low hanging fruit. Are you kidding me? You're like the Cosby raped girls. I'm like but now, ugly, by the way. Dopey Nation. We can stop doing the show because we have Artie Lang. Well, listen, I'll tell you. I think uh, that's good news for the broadcasting industry. You're stopping. But yes. I, uh, but two years, like that's more than I did. I, I mean, I again, I'm flattered by this. Yeah. But um, your your uh, your partner is it Randy? Chris. Chris. Yes. You can uh, call him Randy. <laughs> Chris is the guy. I, I like Chris already because he's very honest. So uh, you're you're. I always thought I have a kind of fame that's very like you know low low on the like the G. I think maybe even a lower letter. But I. I uh, I really think that it's a unique thing. There was a small group of concentrated people who know who I am who might be impressed by uh, my existence. If I'm on the elevator with two people, one will have no idea, and the other one will. It's usually the hot chick who has no idea. Yeah. Like if a hot chick's with a guy, this has happened. They have no filter. The hot chick, like, take a picture of me, and the girl's like, why? No. Like yelling, like, well, who is he? Why am I doing this? No. Does he, why did you know him from college? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, so thank you for knowing me, but I think he's much more normal and sophisticated for not knowing me. First of all, if there's anybody who's not normal or sophisticated, you're looking at him. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, all of us, I think, you know, look, we've got some flaws. But Number you two. You impressed with dirty work? Well, no, that was amazing, but yeah. you said it was in a, at the start of your addiction. Uh, you were smoking well, pot. I just smoking pot, and I'd watch Dirty Work. You know? A gateway <laughs> drug is Dirty Work. No, no, but I'm flattered by that because I realize how old I am. Though you're 13, and dirty, dirty Work. I mean, oh my god. I, I, the reason I appreciate it, but he knows Stern, yeah. and a lot of people don't know Stern, but a lot of people do. So you know. the reason that I'm so, I was, you know, it was so important to me, and I was so excited to have you on the show, is because I was such a Howard Stern fan, right? And I still well, that makes sense. I love Howard Stern, right. and uh, when I was coming up um, in my twenties, I would listen to Stern, and I told you this story, and I've told the story on Dopey before. So why, why repeat it? Because I'm going to tell you again, just right. so you know. You can edit it out. In nine, we don't edit. We don't do anything. I'm interviewing you. We don't. <laughs> Do editing. We don't wear headphones. We don't I'm do kidding. fucking. We do erase shit. episodes when we get in trouble. I was going to yeah. say you erased episode two yeah. we erased, because of a lawsuit. No, no because of my wife. We erased episode two, you, uh, four, six, eight, and, and ten. I will say before, and AA. We erased because AA. What you're telling shit? Because yeah. no, I talked shit about somebody at our meeting. <laughs> oh, at a meeting. And so my sponsor said you have to take it down. Ah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. September. September. I did. September twenty second. 
1999, I snuck onto the, or I, I lied my way onto the Stern show. Right. Jackie was still on, and I was high on heroin. So that's yeah. something you and I Wait a minute, have in yeah. common. So I, 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 was, I was living in LA at the time. Okay. So it, two years before I got there. It was two years before you got there. And I, and I listened to Howard like it was my friend. Like in the morning, I, would, I was working in TV, and me, me and my, my buddy would drive in a van, and we would listen for the whole show. And I, and I got so into the show because it felt like they were my friends. And you were on heroin. Oh, I, do, you I, ever, do you ever get to the point where you felt Howard's talking directly to you on heroin? Because mm. we actually have drug addicts who said, like, they would go, I feel like Howard's talking to me. You know? I, never, I never was totally, uh, what's the word? Uh, cognizant? No, I was, <laughs> I was, so, I was cognizant <laughs> enough <laughs> to know that Howard was chemistry. not talking to me. Right, no, I know. A lot of people would. I mean, look, first of all, you two are uh, big success stories because to be at that level where, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're both shooting. I, we're both yeah. shooting. Yeah. Uh, Ivy Coke. That's hard to get rid of in your life. Uh, it's bad. It's a stain on your soul. I talk about it even to this day. If I think about the blood rushing in the yeah. needle and I picture it, man, I start oh. sweating. It never goes away. I get, it's well, always with you, you know? Do you that, think redemption, though, is like... Like, I would say someone who's been through hell and is able to redeem themselves is a better human than someone who's never been through hell. Like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X at the end. Yeah. Martin Luther King, you know, whatever, had a couple of nice rhymes in his speeches, you know, you know whatever the fuck, he already racist. Uh, but um, I, I, uh, I wasn't as impressed by him as I was by Malcolm X. At the end, when Malcolm X changed... And he said he was wrong about being racist. He was walking the walk, man. He was not cheating on his wife. He was not doing drugs. And he was offended by the Elijah Muhammad guy bagging everything that walked to the point where he was vocal about it and got himself killed. Like, he was, because of redemption, because working that 12-step, the greatest people I've ever met in my life are those 12-step people. They don't want anything from you. Yeah. They, no money, they're like some scumbag therapist with a degree from, you know, Fag Western yeah. or something. <laughs> and, and, uh, or Fag Eastern. And, 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 you know, they just want to help you because they think it helps you. And I, I, those are the best people I've ever met in my life. And that's what Malcolm X was. Martin Luther King is fucking white chick. But Ari, Ari ha, you having say that, I, I know you went to therapy today. Did you go to a meeting? I lied about both. <laughs> so you didn't go to therapy, no, I, 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 What do you mean therapy? I had to talk to my doctor. No, this morning you said... I was outpatient there. I went to court-ordered therapy, yeah. So you're not going to meetings, even though they're the best, the salt of the earth, the best that's people the out reason, there. I, they're too good for you. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm going to tell you something. He's going to push you on the ropes. Just the anonymous know. thing is is never... Again, yeah. most people have no idea why I am, but the couple that do, right. they, they, they abandon the anonymous thing. Right. Oh, of course. Uh, like, so, one time I was in a psych ward of course, uh, the first thing I tell you, it's all anonymous. Don't worry about it. Guy recognizes me, and he goes, "I won't tell anybody. I'm not going to, you know, blow up your spot when the black culture gets us. Like, blow up your spot. Yeah. I'm like, my <laughs> album's dropping. You know, I. Uh, uh, so this guy says, "I won't blow up him." He goes, "If I get your book, will you sign it?" Um, I apologize. Don't don't worry. That's not the biggest radio show for eight and a half years. I did the whole time. This is the biggest podcast that nobody listens to. I think that the only problem with you guys getting sober is that if you did it for this podcast, I think that's a bit of a letdown uh, to have this podcast. Um, Wait, being sober for the podcast? You know, get back to your story. Where were we? Uh, let's erase this episode. Wouldn't that be funny if this was one of your after you're pursuing? Uh, no, so, so uh, what, what was I saying? What, what was the story? You were saying, I don't know, I blanked. <laughs> you were saying is we're listening? talking about twelve step. So even you guys aren't listening. We listen when we can. Um, what do you want? I mean, so do you expect what do you listen when you're not? Who knows how they listen? I was talking about redemption, right? Yes. Yeah. And Malcolm X 
And Martin Luther King. Some guy. Oh, no, at a meeting. You went to a meeting oh, okay, and somebody no, no. recognized It wasn't even you. a meeting. It was a psych board thing which was really supposed to be anonymous. Yes. Guy yes. says, if I get my, your book, will you sign I go, yeah, whatever. He goes, I'll do it privately. There's phone time at the end of the day. I hear the guy screaming into the phone at 7 o'clock that night to his wife. Just send me Artie Lang's book. I can't tell you why. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. I mean, you know, I, yeah. you know, when he gets out, everybody knows. It gets out quick. It yeah. gets out quick. But yeah. some of the guys are, are pretty vocal. I mean, Russell Brand, he goes to meetings and he... Yeah. Easy for him, though. He's clean for so long. He goes in Brooklyn. I've seen him in Brooklyn. And there's other sort of big... See, he got a new addiction, being an asshole. (laughs) He's transferred addictions into these addictions of being an asshole. I met him. Has he ever tried to, like, walk you down the path of straight and narrow? No. Why would he do that? Because he's supposed to be... What am I, Katy Perry? He's supposed to be some (laughs) 12-stepping sex addict yogi. He rewrote the steps. I mean, that movie Arthur... Was terrible. Uh, yeah, I needed heroin because of that. Think of the damage he's done. I mean, the, 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 the Arthur. He redoes Arthur. Listen, I think he's not a bad choice to be Dudley Moore. But the problem. Have to leave. The problem. He was. Please, he's fine. There's the point. Is there's no choice. Look at Steve Martin with uh, Pink Panther. He made more than fucking Peter Sellers did already. There's no honor. <laughs> Pink, Pink, Steve Martin's done more damage to comedy than he ever did. Good, cheaper by the fucking dozen. Yeah. How many chicks want to fucking movie. fly to Paris? What about movie. the jerk? Exactly. Yeah. The man with two brains. Well, the that jerk. Was back in the 1980s. My point is when you know uh, he then after that nothing terrible bullshit. Like he can write. Yeah. But already why a Spanish prisoner. You can. You don't want to go to meetings because you're scared people will recognize you. Because I might see Steve Martin's films there. Or. Uh, It's an interesting thing. Well, that's an anonymity thing. We shouldn't have broken. Okay. Sorry. How old are his kids? I don't know. They need a speech service. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's up for West Side. It's a real thing. Uh, oh, does he live in the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, so you don't want to go to meetings because fuck No, I want to go to meetings. I just, I just, I, I'm just, I don't go. I don't know why. I mean, I want to go. Sure, I know, I know uh, I should be going, but I go to this outpatient thing, and right now it's just to stay out of jail. Right. So, so you got, the, the judge was like... Stay Four clean. years probation. So yeah. how often do they test you for that? Every day, every other day. Every day. So you're not using it all. I, I failed eight or... pitch tests already. You did, but I'm not. Uh, well, but the guy I know there. They're uh, pretty. They're pretty lenient and stuff. No, I think I'm going to jail. I think at some point I'm, there's people going to show up here. Yeah. It'd be great if it was doing this. It would be great if it was doing this for us, just to suck for you. I'm going to buy a windbreaker. I have a windbreaker now just to blend in with the agents. Yeah. Oh. It's the Reverend Bob Levy. No, I wish it was. It was a taxi driver. I don't want anything. So, um, you, no, I, 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 there's a lot more I should be doing for my sobriety. It's not, it's not on stable ground at all. Well, you could. You know what I mean? It's Suboxone, like, I don't trust that shit. Really. You're not on Suboxone? No, because I... I, I, I no, so far, actually, I've, I've been clear. I've, I passed the piss test so far. We argue about it. I'm pro- I was on for two years. Yeah, so I did it a I'm long pro- time. I'm pro suboxone. I think it does mitigate the consequences a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. You're still on something. It stopped. But- that's what I mean. You're yeah. on. You're, yeah. It's dope. But yeah. you, it stops the, the withdrawals, which you is great. You don't really get high, but you're a little different. You're I've been high on it because yeah. I've abused it. I, it was a, I did it the worst way for anybody who was in the start of the satellite years. I was taking subutex or whatever it was. Yeah. And I would do it to go on the road to stay yeah. from. I try not to go to cop in Detroit, which yeah. I used to have to do. You know, do the show, come back, wait the twelve hours, and get high again. I would use it the wrong way, you know. On and off, and right. on and off, and right. on. abuse it, yeah. abuse it, and it just costs you everything. You know? Now, you you got into drugs when you were a teenager, right? I mean, you know, uh, drinking. The first time I got drunk was an ACDC concert in 1981. My friend's older brother gave me some. This is the humor of guys in 1981. He was 17. I'm, what, 
twelve. Yeah. And uh, he gives me somebody tells me it's a Coca Cola, it's Jack and Coke. Yeah. And I have two sips of it. I'm fucking, you know, yeah. yelling out the N word, <laughs> uh, which was a thing in our family. Did you but know I, right off the rip that it had affected you differently? I, I was drunk in two. Like a sip of it, I was gone. I was twelve. Years and you old. liked it, but you liked it. Like it was the best feeling yeah. to date I had had. Yeah. But I threw up. I threw up during fucking uh, Highway to Hell. Yeah. I was seeing Highway to fucking Hell. <laughs> and, I, and I threw up. They were the biggest band. And I, yeah, I was, I've been so that, but I knew I liked it for a little while. Yeah. Did you, I always say it's the solution. The first time I got drunk, it was the solution to a problem that right. I didn't know existed. <laughs> It right. Like, now, you know, so right. a problem you know? comes up later in life when you go, wait, that shit would help this. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is a great... Th- see, that would never happen on Amazon. No, but that, that's... That's I, an interesting point. It's a great, it's a great point, and that happened to me. Why don't we end me. on that? <laughs> you want to you you end early. I'm kidding. That's, that's, I'm just saying, it, it, Chris knows... Is Chris? Yes. Yeah. He is the smart one here because he knows this is no big deal. You're delusional and thinking I'm a big deal, and you've pursued me in a way that has really been a little disconcerting. To you? I've, I almost called the FBI. <laughs> You're a nice guy. You know what? Here's the thing about you. You really, when it gets down to it, it was a bit stalky, but you wanted me on the show. It was flattering. But when you talk to you, you can tell you're very, you are concerned about me. You're, you seem, you want me to get better, which is nice, which is very nice. I want you to do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? I think that... Well, don't say that. No, I honestly do. I want you to do what you great, want to do. Well, stop. I, well, except for that. I just want to... It's great to be here, and I'm happy to be here. I'm just saying you guys, you guys are impressive. It's a unique thing that you guys have gotten through that, especially yeah. shooting dice. You know, so yeah. many people, there's not a lot of stories where you're, you're, you get out of it. My question to you two guys is: How stable does that ground feel that you're on? Like, in, ter- s- in terms of in terms of drugs? In terms how of the, work- how much you fear relapsing and what could happen? It's how much work you put into it. Do you know what I mean? If and I do you st- still put a lot of work in it? I still put a decent amount of work in it, but when I don't, you know, when I start kind of living a little dishonesty and being selfish, those, right? Those baseline restless, irritable, discontent. Wow. Those feelings come back, and when you feel those things, it's just a matter of time before I go back and pick up. So you connected to you connect uh, using directly to not living like a good person, like dishonesty. I have to be, yeah, honesty, well, open-mindedness, willingness. It's all 12-step right, bullshit. And it's, right. like, and it's based and on it for Christianity, years. the book, it's obviously, yeah, but, you know. It's, it's, they, they try to get right. rid of the God. Yeah, they try and to get rid of the God piece, you know, or the Christian God piece, you know. Yeah. But, but no, 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 no. But in, in, in the book, it says any God that you can conceive of is a person. Well, now it does. They, they power, power, corrected power, it up. Power. But yeah. in the beginning with the two, the insurance salesman and the other asshole probably fucked. No, in the book, it says. It broke back. Mountain of us. All the only <laughs> higher power you have to have is of your conception, which can be anything. But they changed it. The higher power used to say God in 1934. And I don't I, think I, so. Yes, it did. Read the uh, absolutely. They uh, changed it. Well, it still is. Because we made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God, as right. I understood him. And he's talking about the Oxford group because the Oxford group was a Christian group, right? They were like, yeah, right. But that's where. It, it but wasn't there a place? So God became higher power because any religion it, it excludes religions. I mean, like the, the way they read it, uh, they they word it out of where an atheist could have a higher power. Because, exactly. Right. Yeah. But it does you good. I mean, the only reason that I care if you, I mean, I wanted you on the show because I would get. High on heroin right. and listen to you on the Stern show. Right. Then I would get high on heroin and do this. I know. <laughs> then as your shit fell apart on the Stern show, and it fell apart. I was like, holy shit, Artie's on dope. <laughs> Before anybody was like, yeah. Artie's on dope. Now and I then, felt a connection there. I, I also, which would, is nice, but it's. I also would listen to your drug stories on the Stern right. show and know 
this is such a perfect form of entertainment, and it was a big piece of the inspiration for Dopey. When I just tell funny stories, and the first one-off stories, so it was me, Dave, and guest stories, but the first one-off stories we heard, (laughs) we were telling other people's stories, was your stories. I remember it was the... The yeah, pig, I told the you. Pig uh, in the I mean, you know what's amazing about that? You guys know that 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 Howard always say to me. You know, it's amazing you could just make up a lot of stuff. I go, Howard, I'm telling you, everything I just told you is true. Like that yeah. happens in the drug world. Shit like that can happen. That like I I got there's there's tape that I got in a pig outfit. Ask anybody on that fucking lot. I disappeared for a half an hour. The dealer who disintegrated in a car wreck. Uh, <laughs> the funniest part about that story is I, I look exactly like a pig, and I, the dealer doesn't know what I'm doing for a living. And see, <laughs> he's about an eyes wide shut party. Uh, it just I said, Howard, I didn't make anything up. All of that happened. Yeah. You know, and, and you become a storyteller yeah. uh, in a way where people think you're more talented than you are because the stories are, no one could fuck them up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, you, the and truth. it's just the truth. Yeah. I was listening. I, I've been, you know, I, I have both your books and I read them a million times over have, the last year. By years. the way, I have, I have a copy for both of you. I have a third book exclusive. No shit. Want to bet? It's I out? Have, I have, well, no, it's not out. I'm inundated with these tweets every yeah. fucking three you know, hours. Just kill two seconds. All right. Look at that. It's already. I know you don't like the promotional tweet. All right. Should I pause it? Yeah. All right. All right. It's on. Do it again. What if we just didn't record? Give us the books again. (laughs) No, I'm just saying. I went to. uh, uh, Wait, so this is not out? No. No. Oh, no shit. Not out. Uh, absolutely, wow. and it's about a lot of what we talk about in the sense that I always wanted to write a book. The fact that we had enough juice to get a third deal, I said, "This one I want." Just, just examine the, the psychosis of my problem that a lot of people have. Is I, I needed risk so bad in life. I needed that action of like a gamble the that edge. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just sports and money. It was everything. It was my career, my life, my health, relationships, and I lost. <laughs> I've watched in this apartment alone. I've lived with three different women for about five years apiece, yeah. and I watched every one of them walk out that door. The last one with a forty thousand dollars ring on her finger, yeah. and I loved every one of them. And I became, I became, and I gave them a very interesting, unique life that I think they thought I thought they wanted. And even with that, they're like, I'd rather go back and date a landscaper. Why? <laughs> you know? What happened? What, why? The drugs, the life. I mean, on top of the drugs is uh, you know the, the crazy traveling and the, the, the nutty like you know the, the, they would get all stressed out. Are you going to get on stage? We're in St. Louis. You got to be on stage in two minutes. And well, I was able to do it just by instinct. Yeah. And then God forbid I was in withdrawals. I uh, there's times I almost shit my pants on stage. Like I was in full blown withdrawals on stage. Half hour in, I had another half hour. I'm just doing the jokes because it's like a, a robot saying them at that point. Yeah. And the laughs are coming, but. You know, I took pills in Chicago once, and they, it was something in the pills. And I was in that thing where, like, that acid trip where you, your hand, like, made, like, a street. Oh, waves. Yeah. Waves, yeah, and I'm on stage traces, doing that. Yeah. The last, thing I, remember, yeah, last yeah. thing I remember is 20 minutes in doing that. I had to do, like, an hour. And, my, and my, you're still doing it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did an hour and a half and I, uh, like that. And my the guy said, you were doing too long. But everybody, it, was, it sucked. I bombed because my timing was off, and, like, people wanted their money back. And, like, there was almost a riot. Like, we're running away from the people that paid them. Yeah. <laughs> they all want their money back. When I saw you at the cellar, you told a story about sh- shitting your pants and Santa Claus pants. And the cop... Wow, well, that was the recently... Cop, the cop found it, and you had your <laughs> driver's license in it, and he returned it to you. He did, Well, that's a, that's a classic story. Yeah. <laughs> I shit into my pants. Tell the story. Tell the whole story. Well, I, I, we were, I, uh, I used to play Santa Claus at this... Um, and just for the Dopey Nation, this came out of nowhere. You were up there, right. and this was just like a random thing you remembered Something reminded me. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, I, I said... This wasn't a rehearsed thing or anything. No, and 
And again, a story that they go, you made like I couldn't make this up. It's, yeah. it, it happened. I used to play Santa Claus at a, at a, at a Newark strip club called Buns Ain't No Bakery. That was the name of it. And uh, the guy, you know, whatever. I played Santa for the strippers, like at the Christmas party. Yeah. So the cocaine, the amount of cocaine. Wait, when was this? 1992, 91, okay. you know, I was 23 years old. Yeah. So I played on their softball team. So I'm Santa Claus, I'm in, I'm, the next morning, if you hit the, the beard, yeah. uh, enough coke would come out to like, get, <laughs> you, you could get like, you know, the amount of time the guy Johnny Depp played to blow. All this cocaine would come out of the beard. And I'd be home, I could be all my rug and on my chicken cutlets. And, uh, and, um, uh, and the strippers were blowing you for coke. And yeah. uh, it was 20 bucks to get a blowjob from a stripper. And they would put it in their pump, or in their shoe, the 20 yeah. bucks. I, I had strippers who were five foot at the beginning. Later, like six foot eight by the end, <laughs> all my twenty old bills are stacked up, and they they still charge me the fours. Um, but they were on meth, and that's a lot of money. So I I was on that. So one night I'm coming home, my friends. I'm in the Santa outfit, and I'm in the back seat of my buddy's car, like a 1970 Nova. And I told him, "Dude, but you got to pull. I got a shit. Like it's an all blow." And he goes, "No." I go, "Dude, this is already talking. I got a shit." Get out. Yeah. So I get out. Now I'm in, <laughs> I'm at the end of the. The car in the back seat, two guys, three guys in the back seat. Not a lot of room in the I go into the fucking woods. Now I'm boozed up, whatever. I was so fucked up, I pull my pants down and it's got like that bridge right there, you know. Yeah. And I shit into my pants without realizing. Into it. the thing, yeah. Into my pants, pulled my pants up and got back in the car. Thinking I shit in the woods. I shit into my pants. <laughs> so I, I go, what are they? they go, that was quick. I just get back in the car. Two seconds later, I was like, what the fuck? Did we hit a skunk like the beginning of Goodfellas? Like, wait, what is that, Jimmy? What is that? And and my buddy Mike realized he goes, Oh, are you shitting your pants? I go, No, I didn't. And then there's like Santa pants. It's so depressing. There's Coke in the beard, there's shit in the pants, and it's probably the real Santa Claus. A <laughs> bender. So I, I, I realized I shit. I go, I fucking must have shit into my pants because I had done it like twice. Yeah. <laughs> so this is pre Christmas party? <laughs> On the yeah, way? No, after. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, way after. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of badness was in me. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, You shit into your pants? How'd you do that? Like, well, I just scream. I'm like, I don't know. I need a life lesson right now. They go, You got to take your pants off. Yeah. I go, what do you mean? I go, you got, you got to get out of the car. And so, so I get out. I take my pants off. <laughs> and I throw them in the, in the woods. I get back in the car. And I'm naked. I got like a shitty ass. And I'm naked. And, and they're all going, oh, this fucking is terrible. You got like Led Zeppelin interior. I'm getting dirty on yeah. Zofo album. <laughs> and uh, they go, you got to walk home. So partially fucking with me. They wait till yeah. I have like five minutes walk from my house. I go, yeah. get out and walk. Yeah. I go, fuck you. So I get out and my buddy, I remember, he goes, we were all laughing because you got out and you're naked from the waist down <laughs> and you go, what do I look like, a loser? I'll fucking walk home. Yeah. I could have been on the, the, the cover of Loser Magazine. Yeah. I, I had Santa, the Santa top Santa on. up top. Right. I Nothing kept the, unbought. I kept the beard for the Coke that was yeah. in it, probably. <laughs> you couldn't see it. So I, I walk home. And I no walk pants. Home. No, no pants. Yeah. Uh, underwear. Uh, shitty No underwear. Shitty yeah. ass. Uh, <laughs> I walk home. The, 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 I try to open the door. The keys and my wallet are in the fucking pants that yeah. I threw in front of them. I realize... So I go around. I sneak through the kitchen window. I fall. I hit my head on the sink. Um, and I pass out. And I'm... I'm on the floor. Yeah. My old man gets up to go to work the next day at 6 a.m. And he sees me with a bloody head and a shitty ass, naked, and a sand outside, <laughs> and there's coke in the beard, and hanging <laughs> on the floor. And he's like, he, I, I heard, him, like, this is my son. Like, this, you, 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 you're born, your mother holds you, like, you're hoping, like, there's a law degree, like, you're graduating from medical school. <laughs> and it, just, it didn't look good for me. Yeah. Uh, and he fell uh, right after that. It was just a terrible uh, time in my life. But, so, I, I, I um, I wake up the next day and I sober up and I realize I don't have my keys and I don't have. You know, I'm like, well, fuck it. Who cares? I'll just, I'll just get new keys and everything. I, <laughs> the door, the doorbell rings that night. It's police. 
yeah. and they return the pants just as a joke. Um, yeah. And because uh, and there was like an eight ball blow, they forgot yeah. the pants. <laughs> it was in the pants. I, I, I don't know. My, my license was in the pants. Yeah. So my car and house keys are in the pants, and my wallet and. My license. Is in so the cops probably find these pants, and somebody does. They go, "Oh, loser, shit his pants." And they're like, "Here's his name, picture, and address." And the keys were out. Like was, it was like Hansel and Gretel. And um, they go, the, 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 "The loser we're dealing with. What a caliber of loser that that, that he, he left his address in a shitty pair of pants with coke in it." Like uh, that was. Uh, you know, again, I should have stopped drinking right there at 23. And there's guys I know, comics who. Uh, uh, I don't know how vocal they are uh, publicly, so but there's a lot of comics who you would know right now in my generation yeah. who stopped at 20, 23. And I, I go, what the fuck were you doing? And I realized, look what I was doing. Yeah. That story, a lot of people would go, I, I sh- that's the third time I shit into my pants. Yeah. I could have been arrested. The cops were just laughing about it. And that was just you were getting started. Look, that was before heroin. It was yeah. blow. Yeah. And look, that alone, a lot of rational people go, I can't ever drink. Anymore. But didn't you feel like you were living? I, I know that when I was a young man, when I was that age, I was producing TV and I was doing drugs and I felt very much like I was one of my heroes. Like I was doing this very cool so stuff. So it was a romantic thing. For yes. You. But what, what were you doing? Heroin yet? Because that is yeah. the game changer. For me. Yeah. I mean, that was the game changer for me. I didn't like Coke. I was high strung as it was. I'm a neurotic Jew. Coke fucks me up. It makes me uncomfortable. Right. Well, listen, my life, my life, it's, it's a very similar story. My, my life became absolute chaos in the 90s because of cocaine. But I somehow struggled in New York, got to the point where I got a, a screen test for a test. But you were all strung out got, before the Mad TV screen test, right? But not, not on opiates. On Coke. On Coke. Yeah. Bad Coke, bad booze, and the vice that was the worst possibly was by the degenerate gambling with a bookie yeah. and uh, doing gigs on the road and casinos. So I took all of that to L.A. I somehow had a bad Coke problem in New York making 15 grand a year driving to camp. But you now I'm making 15 grand a week. But you didn't, yeah, you didn't go to L.A. Uh, without the job, he had gotten a screen well, test for the show yeah. Mad TV. Well, I can tell it. Yeah, please yeah. tell it. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me. No, All I'm right. sorry. You could just tell, tell people I was here and just you know. Uh, I'm kidding. No, you, you're right. I mean, uh, I don't realize you're, you're a fan, and Chris has no idea who I am. Uh, which is a microcosm. Also, the fans out there who who know how much I love you, right. want to know you. Well, you know, and the story. Yeah, no, and, and on Twitter, I could tell. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are. are uh, this is a big day for them. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I, no, I had never got. Say, also, I work in a substance use clinic, and there's a kid in there who I don't even know which one was reading one of your books. <laughs> loved your book. Well, that's nice. Some, some a lot of kids in, have in, said in process group. He would say this guy already. Yeah. Made. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that that's a real dark this one. The, this is a. I like this one the best. Yeah. Well, too bad the fish has got a lot of humor in it, but that. That, that, you know, I had a deal with a... They said, you know, because I was so late, they gave me a lot of money up front, like eight hundred grand. Yeah. And they said, unless you want to, write it. <laughs> yeah. they said you got to talk about the dark shit in here. You know who wants to come on Dopey? Who? It's fucking Bozo. Uh, not Bozo. Bozo. That's what I said. Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bozo wants to Bozo? come on. He wants to come Actually, on. Bozo the clown. He died. <laughs> he um, did die. He, he did, did just die. Yeah. He did. Bozo the clown's dead. The original Bozo Last again. Year. Yeah. The first guy who ever fucked uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. So, so, far west I had been was like Houston to do stand up, Chicago. Never got to LA, but I somehow got a screen test uh, for a show and I got the show. So I'm living out there, making like 12 grand a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this is in LA. Yeah. And 
this is Mad TV. It's right? Mad TV. This is Mad TV. Comedy show. It was Fox Mad TV. It ended up lasting fourteen years. Like it was a. And I, the first two years, I was, I was very turbulent years, but uh, we met, we got enough ratings to, to stay on. Yeah. And um, you know, it was a sort of a dream come true. It's a network show. It's sketches. And I was twenty seven years old. I would intercept my check, which was for twelve grand every week. Yeah. I would cash it. I would send six grand to my mother. Yeah. And I'd say, just, you know, that was like the guilt thing. Like, yeah, do whatever you got to do. I paid off the mortgage. Like, we were ready for welfare. It was just in time. And I would put the other six grand in my pocket, not pay my commission. That uh, piled up. And I would roll around L.A. like I was Jack Nicholson or something. And yeah. I'd be broken through days. You know, the wrong type of strippers. six to your mom, though. Well, listen, I mean, that's an amazing story because yeah. I, when I got kicked off of Mad TV, it was for taking a swing at a cop in Los Angeles right in front of the studio. I was up for five days. I owed a bookie 30 grand in Staten Island. I lost 42 grand on the first Tyson Holyfield fight. Chrissy Jones, who produced me on TV, got us all tickets. And another, like, five grand at the table. I get back to land up. Uh, really, I was up for five days on a Coke bin. You put 40 grand on the fight? No, that was with the tables. I lost oh, 20 oh, grand oh. on a fight. Oh, okay. and I was, uh, Still $20,000. Well, I was making money. You know, I, 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 yeah, yeah. For the first time in my life, I had well, the money. The more you make, the more you. It doesn't matter and Chris, how much. You have to go to the next just, level. He's just, a real gambler. Yeah. He's well, a real he's I'm a bad guy. I like gambling. That's the one I didn't get. Good for you because I'm telling you, it was the worst vice because it, it led to other things. I'm yeah. telling you right now, if I put a $5 bet on a roulette table at the Borgata tonight, tomorrow at night, I'd be running guns to Cuba. See, it just it, it escalates. It's a weird thing for me. Is if I go to the casino and I go once or twice a year, yeah. I'll leave with nothing. If I bring $500,000, let's say I bring it to $5,000, yeah. I, I leave with nothing, but I never wake up the next day and I'm like, I got to go back. But there, that is a gambling drugs, issue. I got to go back. I got to you know, go back. Look, you know? That's good that it's just casinos, though, because why me and my neighbor guys had problems dealing with a bookie is the worst type of gambling because you don't have to lay out the money. You just got to call the guy yeah. and go to his gabagool for 37, you know, a nickname. And then you get shit-faced. Do you then, hate... That's what happens. Do you hate telling... I would bet on the other team sometimes later <laughs> in the night. Do you hate telling the same stories over and over again or do you not mind? Uh, no, I don't care. Tell well, him, now I'm self-conscious about it. Tell him the fucking Ash... Ash what is it, Ash Wednesday? Well, I was in the middle of another story. That I ruined. Yeah, yeah. No, the twelve grand. I had a point about the twelve grand a week. Is, is that no? So the, the amount of coke I could do. You know, I had a problem here making nothing. Somehow you get free drugs, right? Spots. Yeah. You know, it, it, something was going to happen that was bad. And and later, uh, about a year and a half into it, I I got I got fired from the show because I got arrested coming back from that trip, the Tyson fight. Took a swing at a Los Angeles cop in front of my agents, everybody. Yeah. And I should have been out of show business at that point. Yeah. I got arrested. I did two and a half months in L.A. County Jail. Really? And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I... Uh, good fun. I, I spent well, a year and a half in Orange County Jail. Oh, I mean, any, a year... <laughs> I mean, County's worse. This was two and a half months, yeah. but I had Quincy Jones <laughs> yeah. uh, making phone calls for me. The guard would get me at 3 a.m. and go, dude, you get in the shower by yourself at 3 a.m. I don't know who the fuck you know, but... And oh, I said, really? greatest <laughs> answer ever. I said, Quincy, how do you have so much juice in L.A. County? He goes, I produce Thriller. <laughs> how do you argue with that? <laughs> and so Quincy was getting me, like, on phone calls at yeah. 3 in the morning. I call the bookie. I'm trying to make everything all right. It was a, a bad time. I'm in that orange jumpsuit. I checked my answering machine, and the bookie's the first guy saying, I need the 32 grand. Yeah. I said, I'm 3,000 miles away. Second um, uh, message was Cameron Crowe, the director, telling me I got cut out of Jerry Maguire. I was in one scene, and I told everybody. You know, you told at least Jerry. Yeah, yeah. And he told me, hey, you're cut out. I'm in the orange jumpsuit with a crip behind me. Right? 
<laughs> so it was a bad week. And and I went home and I say, Mom, I'm broke. I always spoke to you. My mother goes, What do you mean you're broke? I got like eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> she never spent the six grand. She was like, I needed fifty bucks a week, girl. I think I'm gonna spend your six thousand dollars. Well, I have a fur coat. I go, You didn't spend any of that money, you know? So it was all in the bank. I paid the book with it and there you go. I was Full broke. circle came back and saved you. I was ready to work construction. Well, what happened again. if you didn't pay the bookie? Uh, 32 grand, probably a beating. Yeah. What I'd kind of to, a well, beating? I'd have to work it off, though. Yeah. I'd have to work it he wouldn't. I'd have to roof or something with a shithead cousin, which I did yeah. before. That's how you would work it off. I worked off one time. I, I, uh, I had no money in my name, and I lost a grand, and I had a roof for like four weeks at 250 a week. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, I was carrying them shingles up. Like, uh, terrible. Terrible. Oh, shit. And, um, you know, so... Right there, again, if this business wasn't an enabler, at that point, I should have been out of the business and somehow stopped. Went back to working as a cab driver or something and had a simple life. And sure enough, Norm McDonald's agent calls me up and goes, Norm saw you on an episode of Man TV, thought you were great, wants to put you in this movie. I think it's one line. He goes, it's a buddy comedy. You're the other guy. MGM, Norm was the biggest thing on SNL at the time. That was dirty work? That was dirty work. And the, the audition I got, I got back into show. Listen to this. You may know this. Okay, talk about self-destruction. Now, I'm out of show business. My dream had happened. My uh, Two years of that show, and I get fired for dope, and I don't think I'm ever going to get back in it. Yeah. But I didn't get into the movie world yet. So now I'm ready to start driving a cab again. I yeah. pay off a bookie, and I get a call from Norm MacDonald, who was the biggest thing on SNL. Yeah. Farley's going to be in the movie. Don Rickles, Jack Warden playing our father. I hear about all this stuff. I read the script. It's hilarious. And I'm the, the second lead of it, the buddy. Yeah. And it could lead to a lot of things. MGM has produced it as major as it gets. Uh, uh, Bob Saget directing it, the one negative. No, yeah. uh, great guy. So I go out. To the screen test after two auditions in New York, and I nail it. I meet Norm in person with Saget there, and I kill. And I know I kill. I said, I got the you know, it's a, It looks good, they say. We just want to go out with you tonight and see how you and Norm get along together. So I was like, great. So we go out in Hollywood, and I'm feeling confident. We go shoot pool at this pool hall on Fairfax and like uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, I start drinking. I get a Jack and Coke. I start drinking like, like they, they know about. I just was in jail. Yeah. Uh, the only, uh, you know, he's got problems. Yeah. And now I'm a little lit. There's a couple of Mexican kids shooting boas. And I, you know, I just know the idea that someone has Coke. I, I, I start talking. I, I buy Coke from them. I buy coke from them yeah. in the fucking like lobby in area. front of Bob Saget. And yeah. I think I in the back like they know what's going on. Yeah, and, and I buy they just work with Farley for five years. Yeah. and I buy coke. I go do co- I do cocaine in the bathroom. Yeah. I come out like I'm all over the place. <laughs> I beat the I, I won two thousand dollars off Norm playing nine ball. We're gambling. Yeah, there's blow. Yeah. They know I'm on coke, and now I black out kind of, and they drop me off at the hotel. I wake up the next morning, and I go, that's it. It's over. I, it. I, I just, I got back in. I yeah. got back into it. <laughs> in two years, I do. I thought I'd have to do five years for on the show. I got enough tape to have like a best of thing to where it could get me work. Yeah. And I did a lot of work that was kind of impressive there when I was there. And someone saw me and put me in a movie. That's all I wanted to do in five years. In two years, I did it. Yeah. And I, because I got kicked off, I had time to do it. Yeah. If I was still on the show, I couldn't have been in the movie. Yeah. With someone I thought was really funny, and I blew it. I started to almost cry. Like, I, you know. Yeah. It's Norm MacDonald, another personality that's rare. Calls, I get a phone call. Now, if it's bad news, your agent calls you. Yeah. If it's good news, the per- person calls you. Yeah. It's Norm. I can hear his voice on speakerphone. It's Norm Saget and Norm's assistant and the producer of the movie. And he goes, hey, man, you got it. I'm like, what? You got the problem? Like, really? He goes, yeah, look, man, uh, you know, I don't know. I got a thing for losers, and uh, 
<laughs> he goes, just don't bring anything over the border, man. But you're funny, you know. I'm putting you in the movie. Now, Norm was the only guy I talked him into doing it. He goes, and you know. And then when you filmed the movie, how were you? Were you drinking? Totally music? sober. Okay. To- I mean, I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't get that crazy. And they took me out. They really shot me down. They said, we know your problem. You were just in jail. Yeah. Um, they were worried about the border thing because we shot in Toronto. Okay. But. Anyone else talk about luck in life, but Norm Macdonald would not have given me that part. Yeah. He, Norm really does have a thing about, he goes, you're kind of a guy who like, sucks at everything, but you're good at one thing, but that one thing could buy your mom a house. I'm kind of the same way. I'm a gambler. Like, he related to me. Yeah. And he said, and you're funny. You're the yeah. best guy for this part. They wanted Stephen Baldwin to do it. Oh, <laughs> if no I wasn't way. Gonna, he goes, I could have done it. <laughs> and I did well. I learned my lines. I never missed a line. And, but that type of self-destruction of, I couldn't get through that night. Without drinking and buying cocaine, and I can't believe you made it. That's but it. that's the action you're you talking about. Then I buy, exactly. That's, that's the it. This, I was like, this is too easy. Happened too at the same time because oh. then it's like, you're of course, I, I, like, this is too. E- yeah, this is too easy. And now enabling. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You, what am I going to tell a young comic? Do coke and follow the guy. <laughs> but you were you were probably nervous, and you felt your secret weapon was right in your hand, which was a drink. And then yeah. you were like, my other secret weapon is in this Mexican's pocket. Right, as soon that. as I get that coke, I'm going to be the Hulk. I'm going to yeah. be the... Uh, just take it easy. I'm going to be Mexican's the funniest. cock. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're, and you're, it, see, that's what's good about doing this with guys. Whereas the, the psychology is right on the money. Absolutely. Yeah. The secret weapon, that thing that... That's going to make you you. You think you need... Right. It's going to make you you. Absolutely. after Dirty Work, what happened? When, when did Howard Stern... I mean, don't you read from Variety? <laughs> Do you want me to... What happened was... I don't know. Norm was coming into the into, to promote Dirty Work, and yeah. he said to Howard... This is the biggest thing of my life, yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, you, Dave will tell. No, why not? Already, please. Please. <laughs> I remember... I just immediately goes, what happened was... Oh, you shut up. You already be quiet. I'm going to tell your life story to Chris. That, I love the fact that uh, you know all this. It's, yeah. it, see, this is my life. He yeah. knows everything. You, and I know nothing. Right. <laughs> but about you, me. You told... I, I went you a better to, person. I, hey, take it. I'm, come on. I'm an He doesn't person. care about the book. Look at him. He's ruining the book. He's, he's snuggling with the book. I'll put it on eBay. Elijah Coke off it. Um, I went to see you uh, doing the show with Kumia. Right. And you told a story about, <laughs> about you and Norm were betting... And uh, and that the was heroin like, of gambling. That was like the funniest fucking story where 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 they norm the the bookie welched on Norm. Oh, oh, that that's yeah. Oh, and I don't, I'm not even into gambling, but yeah. tell would you tell Chris the story? Well, that that funny. was like uh, well, let's make a list. You want the Ash Wednesday story? You want what happened? Fuck after? it! No, no, we no, no, because it's all interesting. But it's all again the luck in my career. The luck of, of how I got stern, which is what you were saying. But but okay, again, more self destruction. Yeah. Me and Norm get to know each other. If you're going to do a buddy comedy with somebody, thirty six days of work. Me and Norm work thirty five days together I, uh, outside the scenes with the board. Where I was with him all the time. Yeah. And you get to be close. You rehearse, you know. And so two weeks into the shoot, we got our first sort of day off because we're working on it. Saturday. We're walking around Toronto. It's a little falls in the air. And we're going to bond those two guys, you know. Yeah. So he's telling me everything shit, you know. Blah, blah. And he goes, hey, man, you know, I, I'd love to bet on football this uh, fall. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm going back to do the show. You got a guy in Jersey, meaning a bookie. Yeah. I go, yeah, I got a bunch of guys, yeah. guys who want that business. He, I go, I got a buddy of mine. We're definitely, he's a middleman. Guy in Staten Island, legit. And goes, no, yeah, yeah, hook me up with him. So I give him a number of a kid I went to high school with. Yeah. And has been a runner for a bookie in Staten Island for years, a bookie we all used. Yeah. Real guy. And um, Norm starts betting. Now, I guess so I get this guy, the story. <laughs> 
I got the star of the movie, a bookie, which everything could go wrong. Like, yeah. you know, and it did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Norm loses a hundred thousand dollars, hundred four grand, three weeks in a row. Yeah. Pays off. Pays off. Yeah. Uh, me and the guy, the middleman, my buddy, yeah. had uh, had to go up to SNL, and so you get a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, yeah. In in, in a Barney's <laughs> department store, man. Norm gives us a hundred grand. Yeah. So I remember one weekend I won eighteen thousand because I was gambling too. He peeled off the eighteen, didn't even make a dent. Of these brand new hundreds. It was like a, yeah. a brick of thing. And walking down Sixth Avenue, and he goes, "Hey, we should cancel. Want to go to fucking Sardi's and Cancel? What do you mean? Let's wait till we get the jersey." It was always all there. Norm never fucked him. Yeah. Three weeks in a row. What book he doesn't want that business? It's like, even if he wins, you know he's going to lose it back. Yeah. And now I'm starting to think, I, I'm, I'm going to be responsible for this guy being broke. Yeah. His manager was Bernie Bernstein. I'm sure he's connected with the Jewish mob. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Norm being a good guy pays off. Yeah. And Norm doesn't have to because he's a celebrity. He can say, I'm going to, I'm what you going to do? Break my legs? I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, paid off. Honorable gambler. Norm wins the next week. 120 grand he wins. Now he's already given him almost. Two hundred and ten thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand. Okay, right. Yeah. Loses one. Uh, wins one twenty. Any bookie in the world would pay off in a second because he's just he's, the, me and him are losers. We don't. Yeah. You stay or you lose. Everybody's makes, a loser. Though. And he makes a lot of money legally. Yeah. Some people can walk away, but whatever. I go to the fucking middleman. Now this is my worst nightmare because yeah. Norm is a guy. I just I just got a part of a David Spade movie, which is the next movie I did. Now I, he couldn't get me in the movie, but Norm with a phone call could get me fired. Like yeah. this is technically my career. And he's got you on Dirty, where he you got a dirty his, work, history yeah. with him. And I, 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 he ended up. Yeah. He got me. The reason, you'll hear the yeah. story. He's the reason I got on Stern, which is everything, yeah. and a sitcom a couple years. Like, this is my career right now. Yeah. Okay, I go to the middleman at a diner. I'm at a man. He goes, the bookie disappeared. So I he think he's going to. I'm yeah. thinking he's going to give me 120 grand. Now yeah. I lost um, 22,000 that week. Yeah, I was ready to get. I had 22 grand on me. I go, like, I go. What are you talking about? Yeah. What do you mean the bookie disappeared? Because I can't find them. I go. What the fuck are you talking? about? Yeah. I'm not going to see. How, what do you mean you can't find them? Yeah. Now everything's going in my head, and I'm, I go, "You're the bookie. You're the fucking guy. You're keeping this fucking money. Yeah. You're keeping this money, and you're afraid now because the numbers are big. Yeah. You got 350 grand somewhere." And I want it. So now I'm accusing him. He goes, we went to high school together, blah, blah, blah. I have to go to New York You have to go to Norm. I have to go to New York City. Yeah. And tell my link to show business that after he gave 350 to this guy. You can't get 120. Yeah. <laughs> and he's excited about it because when you when had a Mariners cover and all this shit, he would parlay baseball and football. I'm like, I, 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 I didn't know what to do. Like I, I was more nervous about that than any gig I ever had in my life. Yeah. I go to this hotel room and I say to Norm's assistant this girl Lori Joe is cool as hell I say well I can't tell you something bad I have bad news and just tell Norm it's going to just prepare him a little bit like oh I just got bad news <laughs> so, I'm sure Norm's excited to get the money though I, oh absolutely it's rare you'll win 120 grand yeah. after losing that much money yeah. I don't know how what he's making in SNL but he wasn't exactly rolling in it yet you know so uh, she says bad news. I guess Norm assumes that he's at the Royalton Hotel where he stayed in hotels. It was a very eccentric life. Yeah. I walk in like I feel like I'm gonna, like a hit's going to happen. Like Joe Pesci and Good. Yeah. Like, he was very tense and he was tense. And I sat there. I said, Norm, I don't know how to say this. So I'm just going to say, first of all, I lost twenty two grand. Yeah. I was going to give. I said here. So you might as well take that. That yeah. was going to be part of it anyway. Yeah. You gave so, the twenty two. Right, okay. My twenty two thousand yeah. I lost. <laughs> so now it's what ninety eight thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. He goes, you're 98 grand light. <laughs> I go, Norm, 
I was told the, the, the bookie disappeared. By yeah. the and he's like, now, okay, me and Norm are already friends, but he's a street smart guy. Just as I went there with my buddy, he went, so you and your buddy just ripped me off. He, he figures, high school yeah, buddy, yeah. again, a very Italian sort of neighborhood yeah, yeah. where like they come first type of thing. And Norm met my family and sort of got that, yeah. uh, the area I'm from. We have bookies since we were 12. He goes, so you guys just ripped me off. Early. I go, Norm, I swear to God. I, I, my worst nightmare was, I said, he's a farm boy from Canada. Maybe you won't realize that. First thing he fucking said, yeah. Norm's probably got an IQ worth of 170. Yeah. Right. Here's the fucked up thing. I have tried with my buddy for a long time to get him to tell me. I'm almost positive. I could tell the way he acts. Like when Al Pacino sat... Carlo down at the end. He goes, yeah. just, 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 just relax, Carlo. I'm going to go over this. Get a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if that interrogation happened, he, he'd break. But he, I never got to that point with him. That he would tell me that there was never a bookie. He the told me. Just uh, took it. Right. Yeah. So now Norm and I sit down with Bernie Brillstein, his manager, who is a scary guy. Who is a character. Uh, a yeah. character as hell. But Norm is his client. And uh, I get a feeling like, like Norm has that creative compassion type thing. Bernie, I don't think, had that. <laughs> Yeah. I think if Norm sort of said something, Bernie would have done, like, something might have happened. Yeah. But here's the thing. This kid's also connected. My, like, you know. The guy, yeah. The guy yeah. knew a real guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be a little bit of a bad, like, I'd be in the middle of a double murder. Yes, I started a war. The new gang war between <laughs> now, the Jews now, now, and the Italians. Now, yeah, I said, I don't know what to do here. So, so Norm said to me, don't worry. I, like, he, he talked to Matt. He, it was going to have to be up to Norm. And Norm said, uh, I said, Norm, if something happens, you're going to get Rob Schneider killed. <laughs> That's not killing all his clients. No, no. I, I, he said, I'm not going to do anything. But he goes, he goes, but you ripped me off. So now this is my friend. Me and Norm became friends. I go, Norm, I have to, I'm not going to be able to sleep right until you tell me you think. You know I didn't rip you. And sitting here, my hand to God, I don't know Norm as well, on my father's grave, I did not. I had no part of it. That's what I was told. If the kid ripped him off, like I think, I had no part of it. He believed you? I, to this day, I don't know. Yeah. Well, to this day, I don't know. I and, I, and, ever, and I've never been told by the kid. He's never admitted it. Did you have a relationship with him after that? Yeah. And we, were, we became the best of friends. A lot of stuff happened after that. We went on the road together. We were very close. We did two years of a sitcom. But when I went back to do Stern, which he helped me get, I think Norm thought I was always going to be with him and loyal to him, kind of like, you know, even after yeah. we were going to ride together again. Because we had a lot in common. We, we had a lot of laughs. Yeah. And I loved Norm. He was like an older brother. And... He brought me into Howard for the first time, and the reason Howard knew me to sit in Jackie's chair and get in that was because Norm brought me, and it's the biggest thing that ever happened to me. Everything after Mad TV, Norm's responsible it's for. It's funny, though. Do you, you think, do you think Norm might have thought that you and him could have been like Farley and Spade? You could have been I don't like think buddies Norm, like he, that? I mean, uh, hopefully that's successful, but I, not... not uh, he didn't have that in his head. He, he, didn't want, he didn't want that to be an influence. He wanted us to do our own thing. Of course. Because he was very different than... the. I mean, Spade's hilarious and Farley's... I would never try to be Farley. But okay. Farley's in Dirty Work, and it's his last movie. It talked about addiction. He was 33 when he died, and... I saw him up Farley. close. Who was he in Dirty Chris Rose? Farley. Who was he? Who was he, he played he Jimmy No Nos. He, he, he got bit off by nose. a Saigon yeah, whore. Yeah. And there's the Saigon whore. That be- <laughs> Again, yeah. he worked up there for two weeks. I got to know him a little bit and sad. Like like yeah. he, that. Knowing him, I was 29. He was 33, and that's the age Belushi was when he died. It was almost self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, he was in bad shape. Yeah, really bad shape. Yeah, and. Uh, I saw him just a little before he died, and I, how it affected Did Norm. Did you ever use with them or anything? Or? Just drinking. Yeah. With and, Farley. Yeah, and I, and no I, I strip club. Into, no, I never saw I mean, but, you know. Well, I, the, the, 
<laughs> I tell a story about it. Norm wanted me to help watch him at the after party when he hosted SNL a month before he died. Yeah. It was a bad week. Suppose he sneezed in a Coke rock when I went on the script. I said it's probably the funniest thing he, on the phone. He what? A, Coke, a rock of Coke came out when he sneezed uh, on the script in front of the network. And he... Uh, so that's He's how bad it was. Breaking it up. He's Why waste time? It'll dissolve. The fucking god! Uh, I heard that happen a couple yeah. of times. He would eat a steak like this. He put it in the middle of the steak and he hit like this, and it would just fold and it was round. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hurricane. So, so um, I'm watching him at the. That's how bad it was. Me and Norm were watching him like, uh, and you Norm, were the watcher. I'm watching him at the after party, which is debauchery. The satellite. Yeah. He disappears. Norm is talking to somebody. I see him disappear in the bathroom with Andy Dick. Yeah. Chris Farley. Yeah. Five minutes later, he comes out, giggling. Norm comes over and goes, how's Chris? I go, I go, bad news. This is how quick Norm is. I go, he just disappeared into a bathroom with Andy Dick. <laughs> I go, there's only two reasons a guy goes into a bathroom with Andy Dick. And both of them are bad. Yeah. Without missing a beat, Norm goes, holy fuck, I hope he's high. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And good news, he was high. Were you, was blowing Andy Dick. were you using drugs then? Or was that in your weird sober moment? I, I was moment? out of my mind. I'm just, you were? Uh, I was all coked up. Oh, I mean, and boozed up. Did you get high with Andy Dick at the same party? No, but I've been high. I've gotten high. Not at the same party, but I got high with him at the Rainbow a couple of times. The first time I met him, I said, this guy is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I said, not, I don't, I mean, I, I like you. I just like he's, so, he's got a few years now. He's a great no, he doesn't. He's no, no, he's out. I love Andy. He's out. I got to know him pretty well. Yeah. If you watch the William Shatner roast, me and him were both drunk over ass on stage, yeah. laughing at everything, everybody, we're laughing at each other. And I love Andy. Yeah. I love him. He's a sweet soul. Yeah. He's such a fucking talent. Yeah. And the reason I know, I got to know Judd Apatow um, in the beginning was Judd tweeted out a picture of Andy Dick who would visit him. And he was going through a sober time. Yeah. And Judd is a compassionate guy yeah. who really wants to see me get better and has been everything to me. Uh, a lot of these iconic guys over my life of Quincy Jones and Norman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Springsteen called me and, of yeah. course, the great Howard Stern. Yeah. And Judd now is that guy. And Judd tweets out a picture in his library of Andy Dick. One of my fans who follows Judd says, Art, look over Andy Dick's shoulder, sh- shoulder at the Judd Apatow's library. My book is in his library, Too Fat to Fish, right behind him. So I tweeted Judd. I said, hey, you got a good taste. And he goes, you got to write another one to fill up some space. Like he was a fan of the book. And Stern. Mm-hmm. And Andy, I don't know what he's doing right now. And it's very... Um, it's very sad to me because I hope he's all right. But look, I guess I'm sad to he him. Was, he was bottomed out, and he did that dancing with the stars, and that kind of brought him we back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, he's yeah. such a talented fuck, yeah. and he probably is like, you know, less talented people are more successful because they show up. You got to show up, yeah. you know. All right, we got the Ash story, and then I want to hear how you got to dope. No, 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 no. Well, I, I got to yeah. the Stern. The, well, we got to get to Stern. Okay. We got to put right. the Ash. Well, well, well ash I got to tell you something. Side. Here's how Norm got me to Stern. Okay, but you know what? Part of the reason Norman and I don't talk anymore, I guarantee you, is because I told some stories on Howard. There was a reason Norman wanted me to come with him on Stern. There was something going on in the press that he didn't want Howard to bring up. So he goes, I'll call you in and we'll just talk, talk about the movie. Like, yeah. as a distraction. Yeah. And I go, dude, I'm a Stern fan. I told everybody in the world I might be on Howard. Yeah. And I'm... Um, Okay, I think we're going to talk about the movie, which being a Howard fan, I should know Howard doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah. There's got to be some other attraction. So a second in, Norm gets nervous that Howard's going to bring up his personal life, which he doesn't want. Yeah. He's going through a divorce. Yeah. So he goes, hey, man, Artie Langshire is my friend in the movie. He goes, well, I'll bring him in. I'll ignore him. That's what Howard says. This is January 1998. Yeah. I just turned 30. Now, Howard was like a god. My father turned me on to him. I was 14 years old, so I listened. I walk in. I can't believe I'm looking at him. As Gary Delabate, Baba Booey, who was like Elvis to me, obviously. Everyone was a celebrity from Scott the Engineer down. Is putting the 
headsets on me as he's putting them on on the air millions of people listening yeah. Norm goes I think you should have mentioned the movie Norm goes um, hey Howard you love Artie you got kicked off of Mad TV because of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> now Howard's eyes dart right to me and yeah. they probably lit up lit up yeah and he looks at me I look like a bit of a loser quite frankly yeah. and now I have a life decision to make I could either drive into the skid and just tell him and just let it out. Just like it's an AA it. meeting. You own it. And the whole fucking thing and forget about my agents going, you're not going to lose endorsement deals and whatever. Like I'm going to get a fucking Pepsi campaign. Yeah, yeah. Or dummy up and say I can't really talk about it and have Howard kick me out. And did. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so obviously what I decided to do is I, I go, I'm going to tell the whole fucking yeah. thing. And so, so Howard said, what's that about? And I told it soup to nuts. Stuff Norm didn't even know. Yeah. And Howard's laughing the whole way through. Callers loved it. And it took about an hour. And Howard goes... You know, I love Artie. He's a new friend of the show. Bring him any, in any time. Like, yeah. th- those are great stories. And I made him laugh, and... And, and that was it. That was the start. Basically, well, that's before, the reason. It was before Jackie had... had I went on... Well, quit. Jackie had quit. Yeah, it was 98. Four times I went in there. With yeah. Me. I remember that First time I was, was sm- that. I was smoking bong hits right across the river on 24th Street. <laughs> my kitchen. Well, now we're right here doing vapes. There <laughs> yeah. we go. I fucking... Listen. I went in with him that time. When Dirty Work came out, I went in with him. And Howard goes, you have more loser stories. I go, dude, I'm like Hemingway with loser stories. <laughs> I killed again. Yeah. Uh, the first year of the sitcom, we promoted it. Second year, those four things to promote stuff. I'm making a lot of money, and I'm killing on Howard. I was regular on Conan, and I'm killing on Howard. Unbelievable. But again, life. Jackie quits. No one thought Jackie was going to quit. So Howard says on the air, look, any comedian out there, we might know. Or if we don't know, you're sending a tape. This job is open. Now, yeah. Talk about plugs. Like, you're going to sell thousands of tickets if you do stand-up. You're going to exposure millions of people. But who knows what he wants? Like, Jackie yeah. had a very specific thing. So a bunch of comics, big-time guys, wanted it. Guys Gas, Fitzsimmons. Gas, Rogan, Attell. We're all saying, uh, Chappelle was coming in all the time. Yeah. I don't know if they all wanted it, but they were. there were a lot of people trying for it. Yeah. Fitzsimmons definitely would have taken it. Uh, uh, Corolla and Kimmel, both of the same. There was one with me, me, Adam, and Jimmy. All three of us are there. Yeah. And Howard was clearly really looking for someone to do it. And it was an exciting time. Before Chappelle's show, he was coming in for the news every day. Yeah. I was listening every day then, and you have to you have to explain to, to Chris and to the Dopey Nation yeah. that um, Artie's father, uh, who passed away years before that, right. lived for the Howard Stern. It was show. a connection I had because my father turned me on to him. I was thirteen. He was already passed away when this was happening. Yeah, oh, that's and, and, and I um, mean, he would have thought sucks. I was a U.S. senator. But, I mean, but yeah. when you go in to to tell Howard that right. you and your dad would bond over that the was show, part of it, right? Exactly. And you were this guy from the Northeast, from Jersey, and you talked the way Howard likes to listen. I was the fucking the, you the, sound, the, the, the goddamn model of a Howard Stern fan. But you're also Jackie Gleason, yeah. uh, like on acid. You're well, like this timeless character, and he likes that shit. It was all, it's everything shit. happened at once. Like I, I, was, I was already financially, I was already a, a millionaire from show business. Yeah. I bought my mom a house. Yeah. I had done a sitcom. Here's the other thing: my career. I had done two years on a sitcom. All the movies I made didn't make any money, yeah. and I had done two years on a sketch show. I had really sort of exhausted everything in show business. So I was looking at going back on the road or maybe if I was lucky playing the fat neighbor on a sitcom, yeah. I bought this place because I finally had money to buy something. Yeah. I bought my mom a house. Yeah. I, put, I put money away. And now, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Jackie leaves. I'm on the set of the Norm show when I hear Jackie left. I hear Howard do that spiel. The first comic I heard sitting in that chair is Doug Stanhope. Yeah. Who was a friend of mine, and he, he killed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, God, I could never be that good on that show. The whole show, you got to sit there. 
and be funny at such pressure. I remember I was shaving going to a, a, a sitcom thing. Now I got tired of the sitcom. Norm is hilarious, but the network ruined it. But I was making thirty five grand a week. Yeah, and canned laughter. I'm driving a Mercedes convertible with a tan. It was my I was healthy, but my comedy sucked. My edge was going, and my stand up got dirtier to compensate for it. So I was in a weird area creatively. I call my agent. And I go, look, Howard knows me. I don't have to send in a tape. He knows me from Norm. Can I get in that chair? They immediately call back and go, what you were saying, he's the perfect guy for this. Yeah. Like, hopefully he'll be good. I hope he's good. I don't. Yeah. There were funnier guys yeah. up for that job. Yeah. Nobody knew the show like me. Yeah. You had to know when to shut up, too. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I, 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 I killed from the moment I sat there. Yeah. Until the heroin took over, eight years later, Howard never gave me an, a note. Off air. He yeah. never gave me one note off air. Yeah. He goes, everything you do is fine. Just keep doing it. Yeah. I had Mondays and Tuesdays every week after a month, Thursdays and Fridays, and then I could not believe I had a shot at this. Yeah. And in September, they offered me the job. Oh, well, as as a fan listening, though, it was like it was obvious that it was you. The greatest. I'll be for. I was thirty two years old. Private life had some money from other stuff. It was the yeah. greatest time of my life. Yeah. I, I got off that show at eleven. UPS drivers were going, "Oh, they, those tits were real." <laughs> and, and it was New York, not L.A., a yeah. real thing. I had so much energy, dope free at the time. Yeah, the, uh, hard, uh, That was all the high I needed. It's proved you can be. You, know, you were I, drinking then, a little. Uh, it turned into a lot yeah. celebratory. Nothing else until a while into it. Yeah. For four months, all I did was the show. No stand-up. I just wanted to be good on the show. Yeah. John says, let's go to Boston to do a stand-up gig. So now John's not selling tickets. He announces I'm going to come. Yeah. They sell out. So I'm going, I don't know live what the fans are thinking. I know yeah. it's going good with Howard. I don't know what happened. So it's Comedy Connection in Faneuil Hall. Yeah. It's not there anymore. by McCormick and Schmick's there. Yeah. Yeah. Great club. Yeah. 600 people yeah. in a room. John goes up, does his shit, kind of bombs. Florentine goes up. Modi goes up. <laughs> Thag champ. Yeah. John says my name. It is like Springsteen going into Born to Run in Asbury Park. Right. I never, <laughs> and this, for the first time, I got that those kind in of accolades out. Yeah. In Boston. Yeah. <laughs> and they know I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got a standing ovation. Five yeah. minutes. And, and the, the, the stand-up just rolled out of me. I killed, I got I know, a standing ovation going off stage because they knew I was one of them. I was a, I was a Stern fan, blue-collar guy. Yeah. Probably the funniest guy I got a construction site. And I'm doing, I'm there. And I always tried to be accessible. I didn't know how to be phony. You know, yeah. and how would say they like you because you're genuine and I don't know how else to be. Yeah. You were like his long lost son that wandered into the studio and you uh, and you and the reason that show was great. said the king of OB you found this prince. That was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then of course it's me though. It's well, that, not, you know, eventually I'm gonna do heroin, but it lasted eight and a half years. That's, yeah. you know. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move ahead a little bit because I this is Well a that's question. how I got I mean that Norm brought me that and you know, it's, it's, I think he felt betrayed that I tell some stories he didn't want to, and I hate that spade too because I was good friends with them, and um, I maybe I shouldn't have, but I was so carried away. I wish I was better friends with Norm. I love him. Yeah. I love him to death. Funny. Give him that. a call. I, I <laughs> definitely <laughs> answer Maybe you should call him right now and get him on Dobie. It's such. It's so more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, yeah. I, I never thought of that. Call him. Good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Is that a joke? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you this though. I'll wave a flag when I tell a joke. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> give me. Chris, a, thanks for sitting for this. <laughs> give me the. Give me the high sign. <laughs> Chris, like, yeah. How'd you get an hour? No, this is fucking about two minutes. I want to hear about. I'm glad you brought that. That's a big thing, Mike. I get one more thing about that story about how. Failing upwards. Part of the job was they said, don't talk when there's a guest on. Write jokes for Howard, like Jackie did. 
I was bad at writing anything for somebody else. I couldn't write in his, I, everything I put down. He didn't use and yeah. Benji and Fred. Everything is killing. I couldn't do it, and I thought I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Everything else was going good. Howard and Gary call me in after the show, like a few days into it, every. He didn't use one joke of mine. Yeah, and I think they're going to let me down. I'm going to get fired because yeah. they go, listen, man. We noticed that the jokes just aren't working. We ran back. Oh yeah, and then he goes, talk about things that change your life. We're just going to keep your mic on all the time instead of writing it down. Just talk. I go, what? (laughs) So uh, Gary even didn't know he was going to go that far. Gary said to me, listen, man, be be flattered. This show means everything to him. Yeah. And you're co-hosting it. Like, he's leaving your mic down all the time. Robin's mic is off sometimes. Your mic's on all the time. Gary's so funny because you know that's all he wanted. Well, all he wanted was to be able to talk to John did. John wanted it. And there was a lot. John doesn't want to admit it, but there was jealousy out of John because John sat in that chair once. But Howie was cool for giving it to The first offer from Chipasano was kind of low. And I said, guys, I come from a sitcom. I I just got to be. And they got up to like 500 grand a year, which was, you know, enough to where... I, I, I tripled that money on the road every year. But that was yeah. your downfall, mixing the two. Absolutely. The real class- Absolutely. I got self-destructive. What do you bad. mean, mixing the okay, two? Because he had the, the road and he, the He had the, the, oh, okay. the biggest radio show. One was nocturnal. One is like having a paper route. You know, yeah. Artie, the real- <laughs> uppers, downers. They all came in. <laughs> we, we had started doing Dopey, and, uh, and I would talk about you. I would talk about you and how much I wanted you to come on the show, and I would, I would talk about how much I loved the Stern show and this and that. And one of our fans sent me this thing. The Artie Lang addiction saga. I never saw that. Are you I mean, serious? No, Artie, stuff, Artie, like listen to me for a second. Have a lawsuit? <laughs> no, I, maybe. There's a, a crazy Stern There's nothing fan. they can make up that's worse than what I've said. There's a crazy Stern fan. I feel Chris is vaping too much. Is he yeah, right? It's okay. <laughs> who, who took every bit from the time you first called in sick till the end of your run and did, did literally... Uh, three or four days to it like a wow. week. Wow. straight yeah. Howard Stern show. It's called the Artie Lang Addiction Wait, Saga. What happened? You started with pills, you go right to dope. How did for it was on Vicodin. Okay, I was on the show eight and a half years. Uh, for about six years, yeah. I never missed a day. I yeah. wasn't late. I yeah. always destroyed it. People say, you know, Artie, you off the every drugging, drinking. Yeah. And Howard was right. I mean, we became friends. He was also my boss. And he goes, yeah. look, Artie shows up here and destroys. I have no problem with him. You know, yeah. I don't know about it. If he wants help, he'll ask for it. And I didn't want to screw anything up. But then what happened was I did overextend myself. Yeah. I got addicted to the money. Yeah. And David Tell, who was my, like my best friend, he was doing insomniac at the time. He goes, watch it. You can be addicted to the money, too, because we were both sort of making money at that level on the road at the same time. Yeah. And uh, exactly what you just said. I, I, in the mornings, I needed something to get up, get yeah. off the plane. And I needed something to you know go to sleep at night to try to get sleep. And I thought... That's what heroin would help me do. Yeah. I was taking 120 Percocet a day, 10 oh my God. So now I'm in withdrawals, going to a city. I won't say the city. I don't know. It's in the first book, the story. But yeah. manager of the club, of comedy club, the worst human being. If the only people in the 9-11 Towers were comedy club managers, I would have said, we shouldn't even go into Afghanistan. It's fine. They did us a, they did us a, they're just not great people. <laughs> yeah. So the guy goes, what do I need to get you on stage? It's five sold-out shows. I'm in withdrawals. He goes, I, go, I, I, take, I get 500 Percocet. I'll take it off my tab. I go, how many are you taking? He goes, he goes, I tell him what I'm taking. He yeah. goes, this sentence comes out of his mouth yeah. like he's a doctor. You should do heroin. It's better for your liver. Yeah. <laughs> I go, get me some. He, he got me two, uh, two, they were $40 bags. Yeah. I did two lines yeah. in the hotel room. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. At three in the morning that night. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm alone in a fucking hotel room. This is I said, 2007, 2008. 2004. Okay, okay. Summer 04. Yeah. I, it was so good, the feeling. And I know how much of an act I am. By myself, before my head hit the pillow, I said, I'm in trouble. I said out loud, yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah. And I, I changed it. Every yeah. Uh, and that changed the game. Okay. Now, the heroin withdrawals, I'm, I'm fending them off. Subutex comes. I almost missed beer league because of it. And, yeah. and, and beer, Subutex is the reason I shot beer league. It saved my life. I, yeah. I, you know. I'll let you do the shot. If I, to kids out there with this opiate thing, if heroin was my drug when I was in my early 20s, struggling in Jersey, instead yeah. of Coke yeah. and the and the withdrawals and everything, I never would have gotten in show business. I would, I'd be in my basement and, and I would have never left the house. I would have never, I, because a heroin yeah. knocked me on my ass in a way. I got through it now a little bit because I'm established and people cut me slack and I can get work and yeah. I had money to, you know, back then if I had to steal for it, yeah. it would have been a nightmare. So yeah. as soon as the, this guy gives you the $80 worth of dope and yeah. you do it, When's the next time you do it? Is it the next the day? Next, the, 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 the next morning. I call him in the morning. Yeah. So it was. I, I am like an animal with it. He goes, You did both. I, did, I, did, I said, I, I could. Do. I'm telling you right now, this is going to sound arrogant. And I've had dealers tell me this. I don't think it's possible anyone's ever done more drugs than me. I, I just don't. Like, I, I don't know what. I, like, my, my dealers, Rasta guy in LA, goes, You're going through a lot of cocaine. Are you sharing this with somebody? I go, An occasional broad. He's nervous for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Okay, easy there, Marcus Welby. Um, so, so I, I, I mean, I never really OD'd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the heroin, you romanticize about it until you're part of it. Because I even had. The drug culture, show business, you know, like I still have that Keith Richards romance. They, they can't be that bad, the withdrawals. Yeah. You just don't know. It just, it just knocked me on my ass, you know. Yeah. I would not have any of this if heroin was my life in the 90s. Yeah. Other than blow. Blow's a nightmare, but, yeah. but how physical withdrawals. do you think you maintained on the Stern show? Were you in that honeymoon where nobody noticed? Like you had two years of A full of two and a half years. Yeah. Full and two then, years. But that's when it caught up with you and you yeah. got sick. And Right. Exactly. And that cl- I started to physically get ill. Yeah. Now, now I started missing work and I'm calling in in withdrawals. Yeah. I started dating a chick who was a dealer in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Philly is the epicenter of Howard. It might be a bigger market than New York. Really? I would be on. I think so. I'd be on her couch. Yeah. Hot stripper, hot chick. She's dealing. Yeah. And. I'd be on her couch in Philadelphia at 4.30 in the morning. I'd be on the air at 6. And there'd be, like, mechanics, blue-collar guys who live for Stern. they go, is that already lying on your couch? <laughs> no, I had to be in. And I would call Gary from Philly sometimes, and I would leave, he, I would leave a voice, but I, uh, make it up shit. I got to do something later. <laughs> Was this the chicken Philly you just saw? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I, I, she, she, she is uh, a nightmare. No, I'm kidding. Uh, very sweet. I'm sure she's a big fan of Dopey. So sure <laughs> well, listen, uh, she, she was the kind of uh, – she, she was a player. Yeah. There's a lot of dope going through there. But it's just so funny because people go, Artie Lang's on your couch. Like, is he going to do the editorial impression? <laughs> like, they would be pissed off if I was not. And I was, I was being a horrible employee, but Howard, being the radio genius, he has found out a way to make that funny. He would play the fucking uh, uh, voiceovers Voice and yeah. goof on it. Yeah. And uh, one time, I did a movie with Juliette Lewis, and she was on the show, and it was a day where I was out, and I called them withdrawals. Yeah. And... She remembered me. I didn't think she would. She goes, where's my co-star, Artie? And I'm listening in there, shaking, like a squirrel trying to get snow off him. Yeah. It withdraws by myself, and I hear Howard go, oh, Artie's dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know, so, so anyway, I, and I had a sense of humor about it because I gave it out, too, but it was out of control. Like, the wheels yeah. were coming off, and 
I had something that no one else has ever gone through. I, in front of 20 million people, I was nodding off. I was a full-blown junkie. Yeah. On the biggest radio show of all time. That's also a TV show. You're always on tape, and they edit it together. There's a camera always on me. And I realized that I'm calling, I'm on tape at endless hours. we talking to a dealer, making, talking. I would have it delivered there. Dominicans would deliver That was the next question. Yeah. <laughs> so the amount of money I paid for delivery and anonymity, I, I was going for money. <laughs> Did they Why listen the to the show? The studio wasn't <laughs> no. hip to it. They didn't know who the studio. Like they wouldn't. Like, People knew, but yeah. everything was like Howard's not saying anything, so we're not going to say anything. Yeah. But I, I, I really the amount of uh, the, the DEA after Heath Ledger died, they thought we had the same dealer. The DEA came to the studio and and, and Jack like right in front of everybody oh, maybe shit. and talked to me about it. Yeah. And I said no. I, I, I goofed on the other that me and him had the same dealer, but I said it was Mary Kid Olson. Yeah, they had some weird thing with the Olson twist. Yeah, and, and he, she was and coming over to blow or something. Got, yeah, they, and I said it was a. She goes, was that a joke? I go, I'd love to say no and have you arrest Mary Kate Olsen. Yeah. But no, of course it was a joke. So I, you had to come here. Yeah. And the black the security guard looks at you goes, he goes, man, are you a one entertaining fuck up? <laughs> Howard didn't even bring that up. The FBI, you know. But I really thought that Howard... Uh just didn't understand addiction. He didn't, and he also he wasn't. He also knew me, and firing me would have made me insanely depressed and spiral. Because Chris Rock came in, who kind of knew me, and and said and knew about addiction, and said, uh, "How are you going to have to fire Artie? There's got to be consequences." Because it was never what he made consequences. There was never yeah, consequences. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to be funny yeah. on the air, and I didn't mind if they were goofing on me to get laughs because it kept my job going. There were days I was funnier if I didn't go in because of the fucking yeah. thing. And I was yeah. on the air, I was becoming famous. Money, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you think Howard? Sometimes, I mean, I I love Howard. Even even after the wake of, of the end of the show and the show being the way it is now, I love Howard because Howard's a genius and I love him and he gave me the best job ever. But the he, way he he's talks, changed, I guess. But I don't. Know. He's changed a lot. But the way he talks, it's comforting to hear him talk. Do you think that uh, when you were on the show? You made the show so exciting and so dynamic and so funny. Do you think sometimes when you were first missing episodes, he was relieved just to have his show back? No, no, no. That's a good question. I mean, part in the beginning, he missed me when I was out. I knew that, you know, because and it was very sort of an affectionate thing. Like he did think of me. I think a little bit like a son type of thing. And I, look, I, I was very good at that job. I, there's just stuff. The best. I was, I was, I was funny on that show. Being on the radio is where I'm at my best. It's better than I do stand up or acting. And he knew that, and and it was like my sort of bread and butter a little bit. And I found a niche that was great that a lot of comedians can. And it was on a show I knew. Yeah. And the biggest show, like ex- more exposure, any sitcom will get you. Millions yeah. of people listen. By the way, yeah. what was that? What was the utter debauchery of being on the Howard Stern show and going to Las Vegas? Okay, the first day again. I'm not a ladies' man. Yeah. Never been. So yeah. I'm about to tell you my signed arrogant, but I'm doing this for the dopey people. Okay, you're qualified. I had a girl I was kind of seeing, so I I didn't. I, I was very dishonest about the Vegas trips because this girl was in my life. Mm-hmm. We were at, in Vegas the first was time. Dana, Dana, yeah, was coming. In. Well, Denise, this girl Denise and Dana. There was a lot of reasons. What, what is going on right now? Set this up. Okay, I want. I, I already like. I went to Las Vegas with the Stern Show for the first time. Okay. Now we with the Stern Show. We would do shows from okay. Vegas. All right, all right. I'd been on for. A year at this point. And hold on, I was say, killing. Wait, 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 one second, one second. One second. Excuse you, me. Because right I want, now. I want to just say the, say the scene. Okay. On the Stern Show, they would have porn stars in. They yeah. would, they would do this crazy debaucherous stuff. And I, mean, was, I saw private parts. And it was, and I, I've heard you know, it, yeah. it was wall to wall the biggest <laughs> yeah. radio show in on Washington, earth. They have senators. Yeah. No, you're right. It was debauchery, and it was just, it was, it was before he was getting a little too old to do. It was the happy center. He of had just divorced. Okay. He was single. It was, yeah. uh, it was a Him whole time. Him and Beth were not serious. There was parties. He would get pissed off. 
with something, and he, we, we'd have a scores afternoon party, they call it. Right. There would be like eight guys and 50,000 strippers. Yeah. It was like ancient Rome, and <laughs> every room was blowjob room. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, how many blowjobs can you get in a night? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when I get the number, I'll show There were four <laughs> days. There were four days we were out in Vegas the first yeah. time. I fucked 11 strippers in four days. All of them at least Arizona 8s. <laughs> now, not because I'm some ladies man, because yeah. Howard's married, or at the time he was in a relationship, my girlfriend wasn't out there, no one knew if I was single or not, Fred is just a straight-laced guy, Gary's married, so I was the guy. Yeah. You had to tell a stripper, I'll mention your website on the air, really, you know, and they yeah. just don't do it. Yeah. Um, I was tripping into pussy. Yeah. I would trip and I go, whoa, what a pussy. <laughs> and I never experienced that before, so... Eleven strippers in, in in one week. The last one, four days. The last one charged me. Now, they were all whores, I guess, but I never got directly charged. The yeah. last one at seven o'clock. The private jet that Howard had leaving at ten. Yeah. He's in the room next to me. I wake up with this stripper, and she goes, it's 7 a.m. She goes, I gotta leave. I go, that's the greatest news of all time. Bye. She goes, it's five hundred. I go, what? Yeah. Now I had. <laughs> I had my winnings. I won money too. It was the greatest yeah. trip ever. I had forty eight grand in cash in a duffel bag in the corner. Yeah. Am I gonna argue with a whore over five hundred yeah. bucks for Howard right now? So I said, yeah. Great. I would have given her five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I go, why don't you take uh, seven hundred and get yourself a nice cash? She goes, Oh thank you. Yeah. And, I was, and left. I make a mistake of telling Casey that story, yeah. and the only thing we bring is up is that a whore charged me five hundred dollars after the fact. So I should have just told about all eleven because my girl, the girl, heard that. Right. Uh, people were going, "I wish I had Artie's whore." Those song parodies, yeah. and it became a legendary thing. But again, stuff like that makes you more popular because you're flawed. Yeah. Right. I was a flawed Stern fan yeah. who got the dream job, yeah. so people were like, you know, and I embraced it because I knew that's all I knew how to do. The girl, Dana, was, was who I was in love with. I was breaking up with this other girl. So I was in between committed things. Mm-hmm. And even after that, about a month, I talked to her to be my girlfriend. She was my girlfriend, you know, the first girl who walked out of here. Yeah. Uh, after, you know. It was craziness, craziness, craziness. My whole 30s was that blur. Yeah. My 20s were a blur, too, but mostly broke. This was, you know, being an addict and, and not denying myself anything with a heavy appetite and no moderation with a ton of money. Yeah. I made $4 million a year for like seven of the eight years I was there, you know, which I don't know how Alan Iverson spends $180 million. Like, I never ran out. I had every vice, yeah. gambling problems, bad whores, whores, de- whores uh, gambling, uh, drugs, getting delivered by Dominicans. I never, ran out, of singers. <laughs> I never singers. ran out of money. Singers. I never ran out of money. You got to just be giving people money. I, I, I still got cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and it was great. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, that ended terribly. You know, as terribly as it could end. It ends how Artie Lang ends stuff. Like, like the, the Mad TV ended with getting arrested in front of the whole cast. Quincy Jones and producers take a swing in LA cop, going to a psych ward. That's how I ended my TV show. Yeah. And I still got dirty work. Yeah. Dirty work almost ended in me buying coke from Mexicans. Yeah. But you got I, 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 never ru- I never ruined a movie. I was always on time. and I made a lot of movies where the Norm show for two years, on time, did my yeah. job. That, that ended well. I got on Stern, and it was always two years for me, even before show business. Longshoreman, two years. Construction, two years. Eight and a half years is long for me. I'm going to fuck up eventually. I kept telling him on the air, you guys are going to hate me if I, if I, this is He always thought time. that was your old, your whole sabotage thing. Yeah, and he was probably right. Yes. But I ended, as bad as Mad TV was, the way I ended on Howard was, uh, you know, I stabbed myself nine times and drank Clorox right there. Uh, right January, here. January 2nd, right in here. 2010, and, um, that was it. Did you go right. away? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. And I went, and I was in bed for a year. I came out of a rehab in a psych ward after two months, and I 
wouldn't comply with the therapy. There was no legal issues. Yeah. But I lost a job, and the house I bought my mom, I bought a room in case she needed a nurse with a yeah. full department, and I was in that room. She didn't want me to come back here. She was. I have to watch you. I'm worried. You were in the nurse's room yeah. the, for a year. Yeah. I was in bed for a year. Just I did a Brian Wilson debilitating depression. Debilitating yeah. and like like a wet yeah. blanket over you for yeah. one year. Colin Quinn yeah. and two people uh, that he knew from AA came and dragged me out of the house yeah. and said, "You're going to detox because I was getting." Now I got to take the benzos because that's the only thing I get delivered. A yeah. crooked guy at a pharmacy next to my mom's. She yeah. knew nothing about it. I was paying. When she had to leave the shop or something, would bring me like 100 restaurant. I was addicted to them. And so just weeks, months going by, basically. A year yeah. goes by. Yeah, yeah, just, and Colin comes and saves my life. Essentially. That's why the yeah. second book is dedicated to him. He yeah. was worried about my mom. He goes, I don't think you're ready for this. I'm worried about your mother. And that's yeah. how close I was to him. And he pulled me out of the house and took me to detox. I was supposed to be there for five days. I was there 21 days. Yeah. And then they talked me to go into Miami to Ambrosia, this place. And I was supposed he to be there. He got you out because he framed it for your mother, basically. That's what he... That's that's, and yeah. the way it was, I wasn't... That anything worked, I, though. That worked. Well, listen, it worked because yeah. I did the 21 days there. And with a lot of pushing and shoving, they got me to this rehab in Miami. And instead of a month, I stayed two months. Okay. And they said, if you do a voiceover commercial for us, that'll air in the South and just the South... It's free. Yeah. 30 grand a month. Did you do it? Yeah. Was it a great voiceover commercial? No. But but it was my voice. That's all I wanted. (laughs) And it got me 60 grand worth of rehab. When I came out of there, I thought I was okay. Guy takes me to the airport. Two months. Clean, tan. I'm thinner. As soon as the guy leaves, I had this Wellbutrin they gave me. Yeah, yeah. I found out if you, you took, took enough of them, you yeah, get high. You get I took 17 Wellbutrin, did a whole career for Jack Daniels. I wanted to be fucked up for the first time. Last thing I, I remember doing, over South Carolina, apparently I had a seizure in first class. They had to land the plane. I remember none of this. Yeah. I bit my tongue. Half, halfway, my tongue was gone. I thought when I woke, I woke up in a bed, a hospital bed, in like a psych ward slash hospital in, in South Carolina. This is on the way home. On the way home from, from treatment. Yeah. Yeah. My sister flew, again, my, my lovable, darling sister who's yeah. done this. And she flew to L.A., yeah. left work, risked her work. She worked with Ralph Lauren and yeah. American Eagle, big corporations. She ran things. Yeah. Left work to, to, to save me. Uh, in L.A., she did it. South Carolina, Florida. Yeah. Almost flew to Paris once when I got arrested there. Yeah. And I... Uh, I, I was on the bed, I'm painkillers, I'm going, w- w- I can't talk. Yeah. I looked at my tongue, and so my life and career is over, I couldn't talk. I thought I'd been half my tongue off. Yeah. And uh, I finally got home, a doctor in Edison, New Jersey, yeah. somehow fixed my tongue. Yeah. So I healed another six months, healing. Yeah. Back from, now, two years have gone by since I haven't been in society, yeah. but I was clean that whole time. Yeah, Not, I, I didn't even take painkillers for the tongue. It healed, I could talk fine. The guy, my what first What were you day, doing day to day? At my mom's, exercising, and then I yeah. fi- she finally let me come here. Yeah. And I was sort of really positive here, and I got, Colin got me a sponsor, this guy Scott, and I was going, I was going four meetings a week, yeah. and just healing. Yeah. When I felt like I could get back into the world, I did stand-up set at the comic, at the comedy cellar. Yeah. They called in, I killed. The yeah. stories that I, th- I had all new material, all the new material worked. Uh, Louis C.K. was there, and Louis came up to me and said, that's impressive, man. And they got me a tour, me a telling, and Dorton toured with his new material, and my first gig back, I made 80 grand that night. My girlfriend came back to me, who I loved. Everything came back, and I got right. a show with Nick DiPaolo. Nick could visit me in the hospital. I said, I owe Nick a call. I said, Nick, I just want to let you know I'll be at the cellar. I'm back. And again, my luck. He goes, I just got off the phone with DirecTV. They want me to do a TV and radio show. They want a partner. And 
can I tell him you're available? He, he called back 30 seconds later. He goes, the guy just almost threw up. He goes, Artie Lang's available and he's sober. Yeah. Me and Nick do a test show. Two days later, it kills. We fly to L.A. We get a deal. I get 80 grand stand-up gigs on the back. Uh, where I got to do 20 minutes just to... Man, my new material's working. I'm a regular seller again. And... Uh, I got a job, six hundred grand a year for 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 three years. Do you think on radio and TV again? And I was like, wow. Yeah. But do you think it just happened way too fast? You think, Everything did. Do you Everything, think? Yeah. But that's just like story as an addict, yeah. impulsive. You want it yeah. to have, and, and you that's want what that success. That, I mean, it's, it feels so good. They're like, oh yes, I'm understood. It's my identity. I've never been good, like I say with broads. Like I can get women, I can't keep them. But yeah. I don't know if I want to keep them. That's a, that's a uh, personality defect. The, yeah. the commitment thing. The only thing that's my identity that's positive is. My work, my career, my show, my, my you know, my, the money I've made, and yeah. but I have a dark side that all the money in the world won't make up for what the damage I might have done to my mother and sister, who are everything to me. I, I mean, my mother has saved my life in ways a mother should not have to save their son's life. But she's she seen me sell out Carnegie Hall and get a standing ovation. She's yeah. seen a book. With I dope wrote, in your pocket. Well, she, well, she didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and now she does. She, uh, she, knew, she knew before that. But yeah. she, she saw that happen. She saw her son get a standing ovation at Carnegie Hall. She saw my book debut number one on the New York Times. She's also walked in while I was uh, to visit me uh, naked on a jailhouse floor in withdrawals. There's no medium. She's seen there's, the gamut, yeah. There's no, like, um, she saw me take the kids to soccer practice. There's no, there's no life thing. Now what is it's she, just extremes, and that's no way to live. Now, you know? what is she like now? Is she constantly on edge and panicky about Unfortunately, you? yeah, but she's so strong that she's alive. Like she, she allows me not to have guilt because she's alive and kicking, and, but she worries all the time. And, but me and my mother and sister were put in such a hole. My father fell and became a quadriplegic, and we were practically on welfare. My mother was making... No money as a secretary, but holding the dam from breaking. Mm -hmm. And my sister got this career all on her own and was amazing, and I developed all these addictions. But I rolled the dice because my mother allowed me to. Let me chase a dream while she worked two jobs. Yeah. And uh, it hit. I got enough money to to pay all the bills for a long time. So this place and my mom's place, we should have been in a closet somewhere, and we weren't because... Me and my sister did well, and my mother was a saint. Mm. The only negative has been my addiction. And I'll tell you what, my mother would probably be in the closet knowing I was clean. And knowing that makes your whole life disappointing in a lot of ways because all the good and all the amazing. And like I said, my father were alive and heard I was on the Stern Show. I hope there's an afterlife and I get to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't seen any yeah. of it. I, I imagine doing a one-man show about that. It's so fucking crazy. But... He'll also go, maybe, why are you here so early? Why are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, one. but you've made it through a lot of crazy, horrible things. And I think one... Because of my mom and sister, a lot of it is the strength. A, a lot of it. You still got to get up and show up out there with that... Fi- you got to go through a lot of embarrassment. And that's the most impressive thing I, I've done, I think. I got back but on pe- fucking stage. The people that suffer the most from our addictions, though, are our family. And and I, 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 I say this I, they don't dad, go through the withdrawals, but they see it, and it's hard. My dad's 75, and to this day, if he calls me, and if I don't return the call it's, in uh, eight hours or no. so, he's panicked. My mother's like that, too. I can't blame her. Yeah. Because of what I put her through. Yeah. And the least I could do is just comply with that. Like, and I, I you know, the Italian getting mad at me. I go, I bought everything. We'd be, I, I ended up, you know, my father laid this guilt trip on his deathbed. He's like, take care of your mother and sister. And I think that's money. A man thinks that's yeah. money. I did that, but it's like, no, but. That's not what's got. important in life. Right. <laughs> and my, and uh, my sister somehow became a success, and my mother's still here, so yeah. I don't have the guilt of them dying, yeah. <laughs> thank God, but I don't know. 
Yeah. Who knows? My life is what it is, but maybe I should have had a simpler life. And Fuck that I shit. I would have been addicted no matter what, though. Uh, that I, is all she wants is happiness and fulfillment. Right. That's what she wants for you. <laughs> is that so much to <laughs> I believe, though, Artie, you can fucking put it together and hey, enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't I'd get bugged with these pods yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping you sober for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. A physical trait. That's because you didn't shoot. Operations. That's because you didn't shoot the dope. I'm convinced <laughs> if you had shot dope, you wouldn't have this problem. That's the one, I never got shot or smoked coke because I know I live in that bottle. And thanks. <laughs> what do you think about that theory, though? That if you had shot dope, you wouldn't have this nose problem. Pause. <laughs> oh man. Where are we? We are an hour twenty-two. I want you to read a, a voice an email and see if he'll come. Yeah. Four hours. No email. Again. You want to do an email? Let's do. No. Why don't you edit it later? You have emails from fans. Let's talk about the pink duck in front of my house for the next time. <laughs> here, I'm going to read this. No, no, there's nothing here. This isn't that good. good? I wanted to. Um, Mentioned something, but I forgot what it was. I have to say the way I got to know Dave when I was doing, I was doing the ANA show, and Dave kept coming by the, the studio, and I would thought he worked on the. I thought he was like friends with Anthony or something. He kept barging in, and then talking to me, and they were like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "I don't know." And then <laughs> you started to say how you we would know each other, and very nice guy. Yeah, besides all the stuff about you, you're very not very not very. I get a good vibe from you, yeah. and I appreciate that. Not like you to leave. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm you, you're, you're a good man. I can tell you care about me, and uh, I probably won't hear from you. Now. I how how he would do it? He was pursuing you with this vigilance, and I, I just would never. And Chris do was that. like, I'm too I just, Chris was like, I mean, is this guy George Clooney? <laughs> no, it's like this. I made a decision, and and I knew that if when I found out you were recording on 35th Street, my dad lives on 27th Street. Right. I'm like, every time I go see Lucky my father, mate. I can go see Artie. You did, and you did. You every, every time, I think. And I, I think me and your father could probably commiserate well, about it. Kudos me. to you, because most people would probably run for the hills. You know what I mean? And that, but that's the thing. It's, it's part of the reason I, I became popular is not talent. Is that I really, I've never changed into, I don't know what it's like to be a celebrity. I'll, yes, I'll talk to him. Yeah. yeah. This guy's a crazy heroin act that catches. Yeah. The thing is, I, I, I've never been a person who thought I was any better than anybody because I was a fucking comedian. Comedians are the, are the worst humans on the planet. You know, it's like the, the guys who figured out how to build this, the subway to 7th Avenue. I interview yeah. them, not a Kardashian. Yeah. I have a very important question to ask. Okay? To me? Yes. Yeah. Do you think you can ha- have fun without fucking copying dope? Uh, well, I couldn't have gone through this podcast without dope. But um, I'm kidding. Yes, I've proven it to myself. And, I, and I'm a better performer without it. So I know what are we going to do? Well, we're not going to do anything. You're going to go to catches, and eventually in 100 years, no one will remember we even existed. Yeah. Don't be, be so tape, sure. There'll be tape of both of us. Can you well, imagine if like, there's, this is the only tape they find, and you're more famous than me in 100 years from now, because my tape is, you know, erased. That's the, Don't erase that's the strangest thought I've ever heard in my life. It could happen. It could you happen. Know what I always thought about it is we were in a jet. Me, Gary, Howard, Benji, like all the guys on the show, we're in a jet, and we knew the jet was going to crash, and we knew we were all going to die. Who would be the first guy to tell Howard to fuck off? <laughs> if it were, I would almost root for Gary to tell him to fuck off. 
That'd I would, be I would, I would like, Gary, have my place in line. We're going to die. We're all equal in the world right now. Who would it be? Admit, I, I, I think Gary might snap. The Gideon might snap and just tell him. Because if Gary ever let out with truth serum, <laughs> I'm not going to talk to him. Do <laughs> you talk to Gary still? Not really. I like that. Look, Gary's, Gary's a good man. He's responsible for me getting that job in many ways. Very supportive. Me and Gary fought a lot. But I think Gary was hurt by some of the stuff I said because he didn't care about me. And I You busted his balls too, t- too hard for him. You heard no, him. Well, I, first of all, he can't use that. He can't use that because, I'll tell you fucking why, I, I was dying from a heroin addiction. And like 15 times in a row, he took a voicemail to Howard to play for millions of people and goof on it. I could deal with it nine times, ten times. You know what? The fifteenth time you might go, all right, I'm not going to play this. Yeah. Do you need water? You yeah. sound like you're dehydrated. Can I stop by giving you a fucking bufferin? Okay? I won't play this for America. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And so, 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 if he throws out a first pitch in a Met game like Sarah Jessica fucking Parker, I am going to fucking... That's my job. Yeah. It was very harsh, and I've been very... But fuck him. Yeah. Fifteen times, I'm dying. Yeah. And he, okay, thanks, Paisan. But so I don't... You can't th- use the busting balls thing. They didn't know. Terrible. They didn't understand that you were dying. They just didn't oh, get they it. Oh, they fucking knew. Dying? Uh, Gary had a fucking uh, brother who died. Oh, that was AIDS. Yeah. But I... Uh, no. I love Gary. I love Gary. He's a good man, but me and him had arguments just because, you know, some, I, I was almost, I, he was too much of a sycophant sometimes. I'm like, guys like Howard. That was his role. They don't respect sycophants. They don't respect, and he, he respects how hard of a worker you are. Gary was good at, his, was good at his fucking job. Gary produced the greatest radio show of all time, not according to Chris, he wasn't a listener, but the, great, <laughs> the greatest radio show of all time. Without question, it had nothing to do with me. It was that way before I was there. It is now. And like you say, Howard's voice. If Howard's talking, that's the best option on radio. No if doubt. you hear his voice, he, he's the best. And Howard always showed up. He was fucking there, man. September 12th, 01. Howard's there. The day, eight and a half years, he was out two days. Yeah. Root canal. He couldn't deal with the root canal. He broke his <laughs> arm once. Yeah. And, Howard, he, and he came in at the gym that morning, came in with, in a cast. Uh, he, Howard showed the fuck up. So he deserves every all so the So, Artie, when you went off on Howard recently, yeah. do you think it's because you were high, you were resentful, it's blah, blah, son, blah? It's his son, his dad. Yeah. Trying to get, absolutely. I'm trying to get his dad. All the psychology is the, is the same. He knows, I, though, right? I'm, I'm, very, I'm very upset. And sometimes he lets his guard down and says, I miss Artie, whatever. But he, he has the ability to cut people out of his life. And I don't blame him. He's got a very complicated existence there. It's very complicated. The, the daughters, the ex-wife, the new wife, the, 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 the kingdom that the he, cats. That he runs. Yeah. And now with the cat, I just, I mean, thank God, listen, uh, it's a new show. I cannot the goof. show I is, cannot, I would have to goof on the cats. And the fans know I'm the only one who would. The yeah. fans know I'm the only one who would say, what's up with the cats, you fucking You're running pussy. an animal shelter billionaire. Yeah, what the fuck? What the hell is that? But here's Let's the, become a billionaire to fucking get pee-whipped by cats. It's very, very weird. But I have one more question. Cats Deli? Just take it easy. I don't want people to know I work at Cats. You have to believe three Cats yeah. now. Um, I mean, what, what, why? What are you afraid of? We're anonymous. Who is? Me and Chris. It's because he's got his daughter and his wife. And Do you stuff. realize I'm that? I'm in school. I'm trying Do you realize to... how unsuccessful this podcast is? I think, it's more, I, I think it's more successful than you think. Already guess for a second. Yeah. Guess how many downloads we get a week. A week. First of all, just the guess. Download thing. I've heard that bullshit forever. I don't know. I don't care. Did Artie Any Quitter? Any you give me? Did Artie Quitter really make you seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? No, Artie Quitter was the worst. Let me tell you something. And I've said this out loud. 
That was all bullshit. That was our motto. Our motto was the Artie Quitter motto. The Artie Quitter podcast, I'm not even kidding, and this is officially the right opinion in my opinion, is the single most unsuccessful venture into any type of business of all time. (laughs) I I, I lost money on it. It, 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 My maid gets 80 bucks every two, uh, two days. To come in here and clean. Yeah. In the two years I did the podcast, she made more money from this apartment than I did from the podcast. I lost money because I got involved with a company that fudged the numbers, PayPal, email. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I said, I'll be funny. You guys handle it. And quite frankly, I think everybody ripped me off in the room. Nobody listened. It made no impact. No impact at all. I thought a lot of people were listening. I was losing money. I didn't pay attention to my bank account. I was on heroin the entire time. And coke in the other room coming in and out. There were black comedians beating me to my kitchen. Black comedians. They don't know how to fucking get anywhere. What do you mean they're beating you to your kitchen? They were beating me here. I was late. I was late 14 times. I, I, the bedroom is my commute. Right there. I get traffic by the bathroom. They're like, where's Artie? He's in his bedroom. I was, they, it looked like Columbia in the bedroom. I'd walk out with like a Colonel Sanders mustache. And why black comedians? Why were they beating you? Well, because what about very, Filipino comedians? Well, the stereotypical thing is blacks are late. It's a joke. Uh, what do I know about jokes? I'm a waiter. One thing you Leap said. it out so you don't get it on. One thing you said that I thought was hysterical. I heard you talk. One thing? Once. One thing. That you said that I thought was just so fucking funny. You said, at least I'm not a waiter in a deli. And, and here I am. When did I say that? I don't know. At some point. You said I said I, that to you being, uh, no, you, that was no, being me. No, you said it on some show. And that I said, is, and I that said, is my standard lowest thing of it. Yeah, and that's what I am. I'm kidding. I am that thing. I'm kidding. You're, 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 you're living the New York dream. Yeah. Heroin and waitering and you know, chasing me down. Dude, I've stalked you and I've succeeded. Well, you succeeded. Yeah. We, I used to call you the white whale and that I was Ahab. But now what? And now it's over. So fat jokes. No, it's 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 Moby Your rehab. Sir, what? Your a rehab. I don't think Chris could fake laugh anymore. Let's get out of here. He can't help himself. Wait, I have one more question. You guys are the show. Wait, what's your party? What do you got? You got some parting stuff. No, I have one more question. The show's anonymous. I'm going to do plugs. I got one more thing. I got one more thing. The story: Robin's dying of cancer. You okay? I thought Howard obviously never thought he 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 cut me out. I stabbed myself ten times on heroin. We were good friends on the air, good, but he, he does that with people, and he has to. I think he called me a couple times in in rehab and called me back a month after it happened, and then I called him like four straight times, didn't call me back, and I finally said, "Howard, look, man, I want to be that guy. I know you're busy. I'll stop calling you. I love you. Never call me back." And that was it. And I whatever I dealt with it. A year later, Robin is sick. She had a cancer, and she got this major operation, and she's fine now. She's as tough as hell, yeah. way tougher than me, and, and I, I love, love Robin. So I said, I have to go see Robin. Yeah. Spontaneously, I went to go see her in the hospital, and the security guard was a fan, I guess. He looked at me and went, he's up there. <laughs> he knew the show. Oh. I go, really? You ain't see him in a while. I go, no. It's like a movie. I knew what he meant. I go up there. I walk in the room. It's me and Howard and Robin alone in a hotel room. And Howard looks at me and goes, Artie, just the guy. We need to make Robin laugh. We sit down. I brought her a gift. She's in the bed. And it was like we were on the air, like nothing ever happened. And we laughed for fucking an hour. We just making each other laugh. And then Howard had to leave. I hugged him. And I said, I'm sorry one more time. And he was kind of nice. He goes, how you doing? I go, I'm making some money on the road. He goes, good. And it was kind of cold, but he, I could tell he was... The how you doing was genuine. Was and we the, really laughed. And we la- and I stayed up for another hour with Robin talking to her crying. Yeah. I love her. And she gave me some advice. And I called him again the next day. I said, I'll call you. And he said, call me. And he never called me back. So he just wanted me. He wanted the space between us. Yeah. But if I didn't accidentally see him that day, 
I never have seen him, yeah. and I haven't seen him since. That's that was the last time you last spoke time to him. I saw him and spoke to him. Spoke to him. Yeah. yeah. And I tried calling. And if he says that's wrong, that's bullshit. I tried calling, and he didn't call me back, and I got it. The guy is a busy guy, and I didn't want to. I love him. I think, anytime I give him shit, it's a son trying to get attention. Because yeah. that's how I love the guy. And that's weird, but the connection I have is one day my father, who I worshipped, climbed roofs for a living, came to me the summer of 1982 when I was 13 and said, you got to come hear this guy. You're working with me tomorrow just to hear him on the radio. We laughed. My father bonded on the Yankees and Howard Stern. And after my father fell and became a quadriplegic, the Stern show was the only thing that made him laugh. And we listened to that till the day he died. Yeah. And he loved the show. And he turned me on to the show, and I became obsessed with the show. I, ten years later, I co-hosted the show. No. I wasn't on the show once. Which, If I told him I was on the show once for two seconds, I got through on the phone. He'd go, yeah. wow. I'd I have to go, Dad, sit down. I co-hosted Howard. For ten you know, years. I mean, so the Eight connection years, I have years. with Howard is insane. Yeah. But he got wrapped up in the Artie Lang hurricane of self-destruction, and, and so how it ends. And it ends like this. Every girlfriend... See how it ends. They see the hell. It's not over, man. Number one, it's over. It's yeah. not over. <laughs> and number two, um, <laughs> here, come say goodbye, to everybody. Come say goodbye. It's not fucking over. You can do whatever you want. We love you. No, I don't want to do whatever I want because that's bad. I think you guys. I, I thought I'll ever hear from me again, because no. <laughs> I'm changing my number. <laughs> Why do you keep changing your number? By the way, I'm going to barge into the Anthony show uh, spontaneously. One. I love Anthony. I saw him in Atlantic City playing poker. I was doing gigs. I was playing janitor's closet. What's your faith? Do you think your father's out there somewhere? you think he knows you're on the show? No. Do you I think believe people, that? No, you believe no. the afterlife, any of that stuff? No, and I think people who do should be committed. You think so? I mean, I did, like was, my sister's gone back to religion. Like my father's sitting somewhere. Yeah. Not a quadriplegic anymore. Exactly how I love him, waiting for me to come and like, you know, have lunch with him and tell him about you know, the tits I saw on the start. Yeah. I mean, it would be great. Yeah. But no, of course. I mean, look, something made all this. Something, we went from cavemen in dirt to this. Yeah. To what the fuck is in New York? That pink duck. Yeah. There's something. Something. I, I, the whole New York Public Library is in this phone. I mean, I, like, I, believe, I think it's Asian I people. I think believe. it's alien technology. I, God's an Asian. I choose to believe I do. that when my father passes, that he's somewhere out there in the ether <laughs> looking over at me. No, but that's great, though. That's, uh, that faith. You do you believe know, that? I believe that. Yeah. And that yeah. makes you a raving lunatic. I don't believe that. <laughs> no. If that works for you, man, whatever feel, gets you through the fucking good. night, yeah. and I respect yeah. it. Yeah. I go to the grave sometimes and I talk to them, what do I think I'm doing there? Yeah. And how are you to goof on that? Because, you know, in, in show business, you meet all these intellectuals who go away from the church because you need, you need proof, right? You know, Woody Allen, you need, the, they're atheists because there's no proof of God. Like, yeah. uh, but you could tell even they, they struggle to find it. They want to know, because where the fuck did this, there's got to be, I don't know, a plan out there that's greater than us. What the fuck? Yeah. So I'd like to think that includes... These souls going somewhere we can meet them again. Yeah. But I seriously doubt that. Maybe there's a self uh, a dimension in your head where, like, you know, because look, the dreams you have, your mind is. Maybe you do go somewhere in your head that's not real. Where for the rest of eternity, if you're in heaven, it's nice. Yeah. Artie, you remember? Um, no. One of the times. <laughs> one of the times when Chris's I was. dad is going to be. One of the times I went to bug you at the Artie and Anthony one of the show. Times. You had met my friend at the cellar. He was a waiter. You're always going to be my friend. He's a cop. Do you remember the bald guy? The yes, bald guy? he's a good kid. Don't tell me he's He dead. just he's died. Yeah. He just died. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. He just died. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. I stood at his grave. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He was one of my best friends in my life. Yeah. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. You know, that's, that affects me. That's going to affect me. And he was the regular on the show. He was on the show six he times. Was the guy, I yeah. got to know him real well. Yeah. Todd, he was the best. Yeah. 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 And he, I it, could see the guy. I just saw the kid. Yeah. I just saw him. He was. We were talking about it. He was saying to me, "Look, I have the same problem. We we, we went out and smoked a cigarette." And he we went to rehab for two months. He left, died in his parents. Uh, what, what, house. He died of an overdose. Overdose. His parents' house. A needle. No, no, he never. He, he was like you. He snorted. He never fentanyl. shot once. I Did tried he to snort shoot. heroin and died. Yeah, fentanyl yeah. Stuff. He snorted. He snorted fentanyl and died. We no, think. Artie. He bought heroin. Yeah. He snorted it and he died. And, and Todd hated needles so much. One time I was with him in L.A. He goes, Dave, shoot me up. I bring him the needle right. and he just faints. No, that was Todd's great move. Friend. <laughs> First of all, he told me he hated needles a lot, but I thought your nickname was Needles. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Which I, after that time, he called you needles. Yeah, no. Honestly, I gotta say something. That is that's awful. Yeah. Like I mean, that is like I I remember like those deaths. Like I have friends who died. I, you know, it's like um, I see the kid. I just saw him. I feel like yeah. He you was did. so nice. He would watch my set. He would tell me like go out of his way to say something was funny and uh, make me feel better. He said it was open about his addiction. Like he was a waiter at the cellar. We had a kid come over. Uh, spent the night at Dave's place Jesus. in the Lower East Side, yeah. and we went to comedy. Dave cellar. bought him a needle too. We, no, we. <laughs> We went to Comedy Cellar, and Dave said, I'm only going to Comedy Cellar if Artie's performing. And uh-huh. you, you, don't, you don't announce when you went on. Right, right, we went, right. You were on that night. Me and him got a picture with you. I sent the picture to Dave. When was he, this? This was like two, two years, years ago. ago. I have it on my phone. Wow. He's dead, too. Half the people we listen Who is? Wait, wait, wait. This guy, other guy. This guy, other guy. guy from another, another dopey uh, with guy. The guy took the picture. With the, yeah. yeah. With the, yeah. 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 How old? How old was, was Todd? Todd? Was uh, he just turned forty four? Yeah. What a life! Again, it's a hard life too. You start to think like, and you start thinking maybe there's something out there, and, and it'll fit. And uh, yeah, I feel an obligation to some of these guys. Like I think someone will look at me and go, "Well, you kind of had success, and you can do this." And some think I'm clean, and I feel bad about that. And like I start to think, oh, maybe it was like I thinking of me, and like like. I'm a disappointment to people like that. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing, which is like, that's that AA dogma, which, of course, abstinence is what works for most people, but yeah. just fucking trying. Right. Trying, getting well, yeah, up, no, and I mean, trying, look, it's like trying, The relapse part is... Keep trying. The point of dopey... 23 years has been now. The yeah. only point of dopey is to show that you can have fun in recovery. That's the only point. And to tell some stupid fucking stories. And to have a good time. Wait, let's have fun. Todd's dead, all right? Let's have fun. Listen, Todd could... <laughs> that was crazy. Todd refused to have fun in recovery. If you focus on the morbid reality. Okay, but wait a minute. Okay, but that, okay, how long did it take you to have fun in recovery? It took me. Uh, I don't think you're having it yet. Take a bit. Dude, I'm having a really good time. Yeah. I don't look like I'm having a good time. I'm having a really good time. Yeah. I'm having. Uh, look, don't dangle your great life in front of me. I didn't say I'm having like, a great life. Like, I like the cover of Us Weekly. I'm a fucking waiter. I, I'm no, a, never before have celebrities dangled their lives in front of me. All these magazines. And I love when they get a taste of it. I'm like Jennifer Aniston was doing that for years. Like, oh, look at her great life. And then Brad Pitt leaves her. Fucking Angelo Julie. Uh, Angelo Julie. So hard in Kenya, they're waking up kind Coyotes. That was the headline and star. Wake up, coyotes. They're fucking so loud. And she's got to see that, Jennifer Aniston. And then Howard goes to a wedding. What happened? <laughs> what happened? And how can you not goof on him? He said he's having a bromance with Orlando Bloom. Nobody in that room said anything. Well, look at his. I got to go back there. Look who's in the room. A bromance with Orlando fucking Bloom. <laughs> well, he's got total sycophants. Sal, Richard, and uh, it's sycophant. 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 Psychophant. Sycophants. What am I saying? Sycophants. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you too. I love you. So that is again. It's all about the time thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's a guy. Guy's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? 
Artie, thank you for coming Thanks on the show. I you're all broken up about We can stop. About Todd? I, t- Chris, tell, I, I Chris, tell, tell Artie about you what happened when you called me. Oh, he was crying his eyes out. He was crying his eyes out. Oh, Chris, don't, don't, don't. don't I was hysterical. Don't this bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I can't. You don't like me. Check this out. <laughs> I think Chris is funny. I don't think you know what happened. Um, Why would you open the umbrella in my place? You really fucked me. The end of Todd at the cellar. Do you want to hear the story? Because he got fired. It's fucking funny. Well, yeah. you know. He would like the dude. He loves the stories. Todd, and I told Todd, him. I told him. Why, why do you get fired? Why do you get fired? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to make them feel guilty. Yeah, Todd, Todd was going to cop. Todd needed money to cop dope. And he's. And he working. asked who he asked. No, no, no. So he's. No, he's working. And Did he ask a black guy? No, maybe. No. It was a slow day. Did he ask Chris Rock thinking he was a dealer? No. It was a slow day. <laughs> no motherfucking dealer. It was a slow day. Yeah. And, um, it's never a slow day at the Scottish No, it was like in the winter. Fucking he, Jews. He worked. Oh, there we go. I'm he, he, you know, Todd was Jewish too. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, they're all Jewish. Just relax. They're all Jewish. Here we go. Thur- Thurman Munson. Chris is a Boston anti-Semitic. No shit. Anyway, fucking um. Look at it. The couple comes in, and Todd's like he trying. He's the couple. No, Todd's schmoozing this couple, and at the, <laughs> and he thinks, and he tells me, he goes, needy, he, goes, he goes, Dave, I think it's going really well. Did you and, then, you and then they said, okay, can we pay with a credit card? And oh. Todd goes. You think he could just tip me in cash? That's hilarious. They leave, okay? Wow. And Todd, and they did tip him in cash. And Todd's yeah. like, okay, and he cops a bag or something. Right. Then that night, the guy emails the comedy seller oh, no. and says, this oh, fucking no. waiter asked me to tip in cash. The owner fires him. And you know what would yeah. be great if that was the bag? I wish that was the bag that killed him because like, I could feel fucking guilty about it. It was fucking yuppie. What a creep. What a creep yeah. that guy is. He copped dope. Sh- so what do you give a shit? Half yeah. the comedians want to fucking cop yeah. dope. He Not anymore. They're all the gluten. That guy didn't get laid that night, so he just... Decided to write some hate mail against Todd for asking for tipping cash. I hate that, that guy. I, right, I hate that guy. <laughs> what pussy faggot? <laughs> fucking this, this, men have become pussy ass fags. What are you fucking? You, I'm gonna email that guy. Did he actually can type you, that? Can you, you imagine? Did a grown man type? One of your waiters might have been strung out, and so I helped him out with a double straw buck when I made, <laughs> when I fucking inherited eighty million from my faggot dad, who inherited from his faggot dad. Can you imagine? A Vanderbilt? What do you want, a fucking Nederlander family, you piece of shit? And I, yeah, yeah, the fucking Jew broad didn't fuck me. <laughs> Got a yarmulke over a pussy. Can you and imagine? And he's I'm going to type this out. I'm a, before I hit the gym, before my kettlebell trainer comes over, <laughs> before I make a gluten-free muffin in my Nutribullet, put a Nutribullet in your head. I hate that. Yeah. Could you imagine? And guess what, buddy? I hope you're out there. I doubt it. I hope <laughs> but, you know, uh, you, you win. You win. He got fired. Yeah. And he's dead because of you. Because I of you. Because of you, he's I dead. I want to see that kid. I want to see him. Yeah. I want to see him. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking ask him for cash at gunpoint. <laughs> Email that. One of your comedians has robbed me. He actually, he, Todd wound up copping in fucking Schenectady. And that shit killed him. Why? Well, I know. I know. I got stuff in the bathroom here. Well, there you go. Let's <laughs> be careful. This weird, weird barns. Be no, careful. I, I used to say, I joke, me and Patrice O'Neill was 400 pounds. We'd be in the bathroom together, and I would say, we got to do coke so we could lose weight to fit out of here. It's going to take about a month. <laughs> I thought they'd get more. Yeah. All right. That's good. Artie. Right. The Todd thing is terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, rest in peace, buddy. And that fucking faggot. Yeah. That email. What's he complaining about right now? That fag's complaining about something we fucking <laughs> The cock's not big enough in my ass. <laughs> well, we've done it. We've had Artie Lang on the show. Edit that out. Get your balls, Dopey. <laughs> Don't ever out of this. The black comics joke, I saw you, Hedrick. <laughs> Nobody knows you. 
You're anonymous. Uh, that guy's a fag. <laughs> <laughs> right? Todd's somewhere right now. We're, we're a Christian father of me. We're all going to see each other again. We'll all be happy. We'll all be in the eighth grade. We'll all be in the eighth grade. We'll all be clean. We'll all be doing calisthenics in the gym. And it's before one of the teachers made us blow him. And we had to get high. Did that happen to me? Maybe. But you're not getting it. I'll uh, say that. I'll say that for whatever. <laughs> the other guy you should ask me for the podcast. All right. All right. Send in a review and yeah. follow us on all that shit. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but we had already on. Um, the show is probably over now. <laughs> it was it was everything I could have everything hoped for and, and, and hey, more. Hey, Twitter. I think this is a two-parter. Yeah. Hey, Twitter, I hope you fucking cancel your plans. Oh, yeah, you have to say It's Scott. me graveling out some of the same shit stories Chris never heard. Yeah. Wow. Stay strong wow. You have to, no, you have to. What about Scott Countryman, who got you to come on the show? The I guy, know who the fuck that is. You tweeted at him, Countryman. Oh, well, the chef. Never you sent I used to say my, my cunt could fit a tree. It was a, <laughs> I, uh, in, in gym class. He wanted you to mention him. Mention Scott Countryman. Scott Countryman, thanks for nothing. Dopey super fan. <laughs> thanks for ruining the Friday evening. So, Artie, out of all the stories, do you think you told this one like story? This like Alan first rock and roll fucking broadcast. Do you think you told one story you didn't tell anywhere else? The tongue story you said. I told a story about knowing you. That's a new story. Well, the tongue story is I haven't given that. It was a seizure, a bad seizure. Honestly, most people would not know that. Okay. I don't think I've ever told that. I, I, on a, I technically, I haven't told it on the air here. Did you have fun? You're anonymous. Did you have fun? Fun, fun is a strong word. On a scale, I was on a Hooter. Well, that that was. I was on a. Let me, okay. I was on a Hooters yacht once outside over out of Miami, and a chick did coke off my dick, and then she blew me. That was fun. This was, I guess, it, I, you know, I, something else for podcasting. How, how, how about for podcasting? What Why do you say? You stop making me have to fucking lie. Just tell me the truth. <laughs> it was fine. Fine. I'd rather go to Texas than you get me free shit. <laughs> we brought you. Hey, you got, you got, you got tons of free free shit. shit. I'm sorry. You I'm in Howard's catch. You got tons of free shit. Yeah. My <laughs> story I haven't really told. My uncle went to see cats, my uh, construction worker. Yeah. They forced him to go see cats, my aunt. And I, I said to him, How was uh, the play? He goes, The fucking thing's all about cats. I said, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, he goes, No, you understand. They dress like cats. I go, yeah, well, that's the name. What do you think? He goes, I thought it was a symbolic thing. There were no dogs in Dog Day Afternoon. That's good. Same guy who said the Buffy Vampire Slayer is a Jew broad fight Draculas. That's how he described Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I go, what's your show? He goes, Jew broad fight Draculas. All right. Thank you, Artie. Say, Thank you, Artie. So you have to come here and say, stay strong. Yeah. You got to say, stay strong. You got to say, stay strong, Dopey Nation. Yeah. yeah, because otherwise, like, radio will die. Yes. Radio will die. Yes. You guys are great. Yeah. Uh, what am I saying? Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Stay. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Stay. <laughs> the autumn wind is a pirate. Here we go. Bustling in from sea with a rollicking song he tramples along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a crooked sash with a silver cap upon his head and a blistering black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold, and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Rest in peace, Todd. Here we go.
It's all I ever had. 